Welcome to the Underappreciated Movie Podcast, where four friends discuss movies that they love, but nobody else does. Well, I know Standing Tall's a movie. <laughs> Hello. Standing Tall might be a movie, but we're probably talking about Walking Tall. I hate when you start it, we're in the middle of a conversation, and he then we it. just sound like a bunch of crazy people. Do you chuckle every time you start the podcast? Like, when you're re-listening back? Sometimes. Okay. I also laugh at my own jokes. We all laugh at our own jokes. Hi, I'm Elaine. I'm Carly. John. Tony. Each of us has picked a specific movie genre. I have horror thriller. I have science fiction fantasy. I have drama and romance. I have action adventure. We take turns selecting from our movie genre movies that, in our opinions, have not received the respect they deserve. You won't see these films on anyone's top ten list, but maybe while listening to a podcast, you can give these films a second chance. But not today. Today's pick... On the podcast. Is Elaine's pick. Why wouldn't you give this pick a second chance? Well, oh, I think mind. he's saying it might actually be on people's lists. Oh, because <laughs> it's fantastic. I picked the 1999's The Mummy, That's starring right. Brendan Fraser. That's right, because this movie, as opposed to the other Mummy movie we did. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a toss-up which one people like more. One of the, if you're tossing a double-headed <laughs> coin and this is heads. One of the reviews, I almost picked it because it said... Um, please don't watch the Tom Cruise Mummy movie. <laughs> if you ever feel like you want to watch The Mummy, always pick this. <laughs> so like, I want to watch The Mummy and you accidentally pick the, the Tom Cruise one, you'll get mad. <laughs> I mean, no, you won't. Really, Elaine's thing was, if it's on, we'll watch it. We if haven't it's seen it since. Because we don't have cable. That's not the point. You've never if, been like, you know what, I want to watch The Mummy. If you're scrolling through HBO when it popped up, I'd be like, hey, let's watch that. It's never happened, so... I don't have a bullshit button on here, but I'm going to get one. Yeah, you won't. We'll say we watched a trailer for a mommy movie called The Fallen Ones. Yeah. With Casper Van Dien in it. Whoa. That looks like you might have to check it out. If you're not sure who Casper Van Dien is, he's from uh, Starship Troopers. Seven stories mommy running around smashing people. See, now, Casper Van Dien is is supposed to be super good looking, but I think he's so good looking he looks fake. Like um, like, he, like an evil Captain America. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's like, very. You would handsome. never date him because it's like, no, that guy's gonna be an asshole. Never date You would date Casper Van Dien. Yeah, I don't have a problem dating someone who's very handsome. He's probably really nice. Maybe, or maybe he's an asshole. But I don't write people off just because they're ridiculously good. Well, he played an asshole on Nine Hundred Two One Zero, so there's that. Well, he's he an actor. He was Donna's boyfriend for a little bit before really? she left him for Joe. Oh, I know way too much. He about also that saved show. the world from bugs. He did, and then he died, and then came back. He came back. Starship Trooper was like five or some shit. Wow. Sometimes you need to come back. It's like wow, you can't get any. <laughs> Sometimes you need to remodel your bathroom, and yeah. then and you you can't know do Starship Troopers five. Sometimes this movie got a has a sixty one percent thermometer, has a seventy five percent audience score. On the IMDb's, it has a 48 Metacritic, good old Metacritic, which is actually fucking, very low. I'm going to say fucking Metacritic. Metacritic, man. But the overall rating... It made a billion dollars, but Metacritic added at very, 60%. This is actually very funny because the Metacritic is 48, but the overall rating is a 7 out of 10, which has been a while. Most of the time, they're always 6, six out of 10. Yeah, this is, is actually 7 out of 10. It, had a eight, it has an $80 million budget. In the United States, it grossed a respectable 155. That is respectable. A worldwide, it grossed 415 million. That's very good. And that's why they made more. That's it was nominated <laughs> for an Oscar for Best Sound, and it lost to The Matrix. Mm. As did everything. Yeah. <laughs> in the 2000 Oscars. 
Yeah, this did so good it. that they made two sequels and one of the spinoffs made like there was like Scorpion King seventeen or something. Mm-hmm. So this was directed by Stephen Summers. What else did he do? He also did the night the ninety four live action Jungle Book. Uh, he did The Mummy Returns. He did Van Helsing. He did G.I. Joe, Rise of Cobra. Oh, oh. This guy's not going to me. He around. also wrote Jungle Book, The Mummy Returns, Van Helsing, G.I. Joe, Rise of Cobra. <laughs> Let me write this guy down so I don't... <laughs> so I can look out for him. I, why? You're going to see all of his movies. Oh, uh, not, not if I can help it. <laughs> and a lot Elaine of... Elaine left me I've for this guy. Like, I get it. You want, <laughs> and a lot of these actors are repeats in his movies. Um, like, you'll see... Like when I was going through their IMDb's, a lot of these actors were in were in his other movies. So he seems like he was probably enjoyable to work with. Yeah, because I looked they, at a couple that were familiar, and it was like they were in Van Helsing, and they were in, you know, <laughs> or GI Joe, or yeah. A lot of people um, do that though. Scorsese, Tarantino, you find a good group that you know is going to work for you. Tim Burton. Why there not? were other. There were two other writers credited. Well, there was actually like six writers credited because. Different um, previous mm-hmm. mummy incarnations or yeah. whatever, but there were two other. You got to get the original mummy guy from like the. There the were two other writers <laughs> that kind of were more higher up that it's were like credited Homer. with working on this particular <laughs> screenplay. One of them was Kevin Jar, who wrote the screenplay for Tombstone. Now that's a good movie. And the other I one really was. I really wish we could do that, but it made all the money and <laughs> everyone loves it. And the other one was a Lloyd Fonville. <coughs> who did the screenplay play for The Bride. Have you seen that, Tony? The it's... old one with Sting? Yes. Yes. Long time ago. I liked it Sting in the from 80s. the Police or Sting the Wrestler? Sting from the Police. Sting from the Police. <laughs> Although I kind of want to see it with Sting the Wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> well, he didn't. He hadn't written anything that I really had heard of, but then I was looking at him and I was like, The Bride, what is that? And I clicked on it and I'm like, starring Sting. Yeah. <laughs> that was around the uh, Doom days. Seemed like days. a choice. So this movie's Are you okay. <laughs> She's dying. I'm tired. Um, oh, I should have taken some Advil. Would you like me to get you some Advil? No, I'll survive. I'm gonna get you some Advil. So this stars uh, Brent uh, Brendan Fraser as the character Rick O'Connell, who we love from Encino Man, um, or Journey to the Center of the Earth, which and, you might see on the podcast. He has a great cameo in In the Army now, and in GI Joe. He's actually great. They're Joes. Yeah, he is in G.I. Joe. But okay. he's actually great in the movie Airheads or in the movie With Honors. He was great in the movie With Honors. School Tides. School Tides is a great movie. Yeah, that's another good one. Bedazzle was in... Uh... Blast from the Past. <laughs> Tony likes oh. Bedazzle. Blast from the Past was awful. <laughs> it was. I made... saw that shit in the theater, though. I've seen I that I did, too. Movie. I wonder if we were in the theater together. <laughs> I, I was working there, so I had to go see it because opening... That movie was on regular rotation on, like, TNT or something. I think I've seen that movie, like, 12 times. <laughs> it's not a good movie. It's Walker. peak Silverstone, though. Yeah, well, she only had there was clueless yeah. and that. Yeah, and then she faded, away. and then she did Batman, and then she started chewing food for her babies and spitting it in their mouths. Yeah, we don't need to. Nobody wants. She the baby. baby birds her babies. Nobody wants it's to. Like hear you about know, baby they can birding. do this. <laughs> Please don't butt my arm and make me spill my coffee, big dog. All right, it also stars um, Rachel Weiss as Evie Carnahan. Welcome, welcome back to the podcast from Constantine and from Definitely Maybe. Mm-hmm. And then we have John Hanna as her brother, Jonathan Carnahan. Um, he is from one of my all-time favorite movies, Four Weddings and a Funeral. He's uh, awesome in Spartacus. 
Give you a chance. Then we have, I, you know, I've always wanted to watch that movie, and I never just. Sparky's well, no, the TV it's show. The TV show. Oh, the TV show. There's a lot of penis in that. Yeah. Oh, then it's, I don't want to see that. John, it's a lot of nudity <laughs> in it. It's really good though, and he he's like one of the main character, kind of for a little mm-hmm. while. He's amazing in that in that show. Here's, you would not expect it. Let me tell you. Here's my thing. John's been watching, you know, we went, he got that Showtime preview so mm-hmm. he could watch all Ray Donovan and then he watched a bunch of other stuff. No, I got it so I can watch, because I watched the first four seasons of Billions for free on Amazon. I was like, I really need to see how this goes because this show is awesome. How many seasons is it? There are six or seven seasons. Wow. Mm-hmm. But they, the last season was right when COVID hit, so they're halfway through the oh, season yeah. and they stopped recording. But then I was like, oh, well. If you go to Showtime, they give you a month for free. I was like, oh, okay, well, let me see what else they have. I was like, Ray Donovan. I've always wanted to watch Ray Donovan. So I watched all of Ray Donovan, and that ended. I was like, fuck, I need to see how this ends. They're not doing another season. They're doing a movie. I was like, all right, when this comes back, I'm getting Showtime. Mm -hmm. Anyways, so he's been watching a lot of Showtime series. He's also been watching a lot of the HBO series. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's talking about the industry. There's so much fucking (laughs) and nudity. And the shit's just—it's just crass. So I was watching. Uh, I don't. <laughs> so I have industry. Ne- there's a lot of that. Thanks, Tony. Oh man! Uh, but I started watching this um, show I mean, called Succession. Industry with um, oh, what the hell's his name? Uh, uh, Brian Cox. Okay. And known for McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> but and I'm like, okay, there's not a lot of there hasn't been any sex in this yet. And then Kieran Culkin is masturbating in his <laughs> office, and it's like, okay, never mind. Yeah, it's like people. Look, it's like writers need to work something out lately. Every, like, I'm every, gonna show somebody jerking off. Like, every time that you have a TV why? show or a series or anything I on on pay so like premium TV, I there's a thought. lot of sex. <laughs> no, but my pr- but it's because he's we're only watching premium TV. Mm. So we got rid of Netflix. Mm-hmm. He's not watching Hulu right now, mm-hmm. and so the stuff. It's but it's so crass and there's so much sex and so much nudity and I'm like I don't want ever I don't want to see other people fucking ever <laughs> ever and I don't it's not important to the plot and they nope. the scenes go on even if you know if you want to show that these people are having an affair or these people are in love or whatever they focus on the sex for extended periods of time. And Ray Donovan was pretty funny. They'd be like a series going on, they'd be talking, everything's going on, they'd be like, hey, you want to fuck? They're like, sure. But <laughs> that was completely out of nowhere, and then there would be like a five-minute sex scene. Like, it's like, oh, right then. They're <laughs> long sex scenes where you're the just watching time, them bang it out, and you're like, So it's a character, I'm like, God, she looks familiar. Where does she, what do I know her from? And she was in the, the movie Ladybugs with Ronnie Dangerfield. Oh, no. Like, oh my God, she grew up. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. <clears throat> but in this movie, John... John Hanna is great. Uh, we also have uh, Arnold Vislo as Emotep, who was in um, G.I. Joe. Joe, The Rise of Cobra, of Cobra and G.I. Joe Retaliation, as and Zartan, and Hard Target. I was about to say, one of my favorite Van Damme movies, Hard, Hard Target. Target. He's actually not been in that... He's, no, he's a great villain. I'm surprised he's in, wasn't a welcome back to the podcast. He's done a lot of like TV, just one episode of this and one episode of that. But he's a great actor, and he should do more. You stuff. mean actor? I wonder if he's from another country and doesn't do the language as well, or I don't something. Know. Because he's a really good actor. He should be in a lot of shit. I, every time I like him, every time I see him, I'm like, cool ass. You know, maybe he's you know got the stigma in Hollywood and people don't like him. Maybe, yeah. Uh, maybe know. he told the producer like when he first started out to go fuck himself. Maybe, he's like, yeah. He's blacklisted. You never know. And then Hollywood, have, they do that shit. Then we have Kevin O'Connor who plays Benny, and and the Jets. He's a welcome back to the podcast. He was Sammy in Steel Magnolias. 
Yep. Which I was like, holy shit, that's the same dude. I know. <laughs> Tony was like, that dude's been in a lot of stuff. I was like, yeah, but he's the guy that, that was the yeah. Easter Bunny in Steel Magnolias. Did he take a whack of Weezer? No, he was the Easter Bunny. He's guy. the one that Daryl Hannah married. Buried. Yeah. <laughs> the bartender dude. I'll have to watch that again. Right you can't even picture him properly in your head. He doesn't look like this. I'm man. not a big Steel Magnolia. He was also in Van Helsing. So that was funny. Um, then uh, some notables we've got uh, the character of dr chamberlain who is played by jonathan hyde welcome back to the uh podcast from anaconda then of course we got odette odette far i actually don't oh i, I think it's odette i don't know how to pronounce it yeah keep probably. fucking up his name that, and he <laughs> plays ardeth bay again a name <laughs> odette I don't. far plays Ardeth bay well and actually I'm not that's probably, not his name because he doesn't have a name in this He's billed cool. as this, as this. And in but, the movie, they never tell tell you what his name is. That is true. <laughs> but I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong, as they never actually say it. Boom. They, this happened he, when we watched it. I said, "Who?" Uh, to myself, "Who is that dude doing the voiceover at the beginning?" And then in the trivia, it says that it was him. So then I'm looking through the IMDb for the actor named. Oh, that bar. Uh, yeah. the, his Arda character Arda. name. Arda. Because, Arda. I mean, Arda. this character is not named in this it's movie. It's not a hard A. I think it's, it's Arda. They it's say it in the second name. one. Oh, okay. Which was weird. Um, <laughs> they greet him by name. Anyways, he's never been in anything we've ever done. He was in uh, Resident Evil Apocalypse and then 3 oh, and yeah. 4. But he also has a very tiny IMDb, and it's very disappointing because he's, again, a great actor. Yeah. And other than playing... Like again in TV shows, one episode of this and one episode of that. He's he, been in a bunch of TV shows. Yeah. Like he was in um, Covert Affairs. Yeah. Loved him in that. He was in a, uh, I think it was a Wait. Showtime show called Sleeper Cell, where he played a terrorist. He was. Yeah, he's great always in that. played a terrorist he's or a Mossad agent or something like that. But he's so good. Yeah. Yeah, he was in the blacklist. But he's so good. He's he a really good get, actor. Like he should have leading man. Roles. Yeah. yeah, stop giving Tom Cruise roles and let's hire him. <laughs> I would watch him, st- Mission Impossible starring him, or like a Jason Bourne movie starring Tell him. Tell me he wouldn't be a good fucking spot. Some kind of sleeper no. government agent. Or Ooh, some, he could be the good. new James Bond. I'd watch that. Um, <clears throat> Why not? I know you're on the Elder Salba thing. No, I'm just saying he's not. That, I wouldn't support Elder Salba, by the way. Then, of course, we have the great Eric RV, who plays Dr. Bay, and he was in our last week's episode, The Beast of War. He was in Stargate, and he was in the 13th Warrior, mm-hmm. and in a shit ton of other stuff because he's a great character actor. Yeah. And then, of course, the last one we have to own. mention is Patricia Velasquez, who played Anoxata Moon, and she was in our episode on Mindhunters. Oh, yeah. She smoked cigarettes and died. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what did you think going into this movie, Tony? You looked right was, at me and said, Tony. Oh, Tony's over there. I was like, okay, cool. I've, I've always liked this movie in the past, so we'll see if it holds up. I haven't seen it in... Probably 10 years. It's been too long. Unless I caught it on something somewhere. Mm. John. Hey, I thought, I've always liked this movie. I wonder if I'll still like it or if we're going to have a high fidelity situation. God, I hope not. Carly. (laughs) I thought, I'm going to watch this movie all the way through. Maybe for the first time. (laughs) It's about damn time. Um, You've never seen this whole, hold on. You've never seen this all the way through? I don't think so. Like you've seen it all, but not all at once. I've definitely seen parts. Mm -hmm. I know I've walked in the room when Tony was watching it, but I don't think I've ever seen it. Wow. Well, Apocalypse Later rates this movie a 1 out of 10. Now you do that. I'm just Beware the mummy's curse. 
whomever lays their eyes upon this film shall for two endless hours have unleashed upon them a plague of bad acting, juvenile humor, inept direction, and pathetic special effects. You have been warned. Wow. They, That's harsh. It was, yeah. And then MEMCG-39089. That's a robot. Um, <laughs> writes this movie 10 out of 10 a great movie you literally can't go wrong with the mummy it's got a great cast great pacing great plot it's something that i always know i can put on and enjoy all the bad reviews were talking about how the acting and the script was awful and none of the jokes were funny and i'm like this movie has a great cast and the acting is like they're doing it. This is a lot of adverbs. <laughs> I got a review for you. Yeah. From go Voodoo. Oh. Sometimes when we throw the Voodoo movies on, they have the parents re- review. Yeah. And I was and I checked uh, the movies we were doing. Yeah, like, the parental rating. So this one is uh, the Mummy. Parents need to know that the Mummy is an extremely violent 1999 movie. Men are killed by gunfire, sword wounds, fatal acid, insect bites, and numerous magical plagues. Mm-hmm. There's virtually no blood or gore. And much of the violence is directed towards the undead, in quotation marks, whose bones shatter when struck by swords or fists. In a series of scenes, many characters, including the lead, drink shots of bourbon whiskey. Two characters <laughs> have an affair, and women's bare bottoms are visible. Where is a woman's bare bottom visible? It uh, has to be the must female. Must be Anoxa or whatever. Um, yeah, how yeah, yeah, is name? Yeah, in the opening sequence. Paint, really. <laughs> All right. A man, She's got a bit of a thong situation going on. A man stumbles drunk throughout the film and another vocally lusts after the whiskey. Swearing includes bitch and bastard. Whoa. <laughs> oh, my God. Whoa, hold on. Bitch and, and bastard. bastard. That's a great review. It was funny. I like when they're funny. Sometimes they're not, but... I don't think that's supposed to be funny. Mm-hmm. I would say... They're correct that there is quite a bit of violence, but it's all like PG-13 cartoon kind of violence. I was going to wait till you started telling this, but I was blown away, literally, bad pun, by how many fucking people uh, O'Connell aces in the beginning of this movie. Like, he is just blowing motherfuckers away like it's Charles Bronson movie or something. I forgot about that. There's the one scene where the American, when he's about to get eaten by Emotep, Mm -hmm. he's got two guns and... His Amotep's followers are just walking by, yeah. and he's fucking killing them all. Yeah. So he's got two six seaters. He kills twelve people. Yeah. He's just blowing motherfuckers. And then he looks surprised when he runs out of bullets. Like, uh oh. <laughs> yeah. Like if you had not done anything, you might have been all right. They were yeah. all walking well, by. I mean, we could always talk about it later, but O'Connell wastes a shit ton of the Magi. Yeah. And then later, they're just buddies. Yeah. <laughs> in the next movie, you find out he is one. <laughs> yeah. All right. I do like in this movie. Did he wear that little, what do you call, on his wrist a there? A bracer? Yeah, thank you. A bracer. The whole movie. And in the next movie, that becomes important. No, okay. <laughs> it's true. It hides his tattoo. It's like, oh, hey. <laughs> they didn't cover this at all in this other movie. Let's use that. Yeah. It's called thinking ahead. Yeah. Or, you know, putting some thought into your writing. Hollywood, pay attention to this kind of shit. It's pe- I appreciate it. <laughs> all right. So John feels this movie is very well written. I think they thought about it. The director did a great job as a screenwriter. (laughs) As opposed to now, whether it's like ready, fire, aim. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So this movie opens in 1290 BC. 1290 BC. So it's been a minute. Yes. Well, we open on ancient Egypt and we see the pyramids and then we see the city and we see that it's a thriving city at the time. 
Um, and this is which, during. I'm sorry. Did they say what city it is? Is it Cairo? Is well, it's. Alexandria. They don't. Or it's Thebes. Oh, it's Thebes. Okay. It says, we get a voiceover telling us we're in Thebes during the reign of Seti I. We meet Imhotep, his high priest, and Anaxunamun, the pharaoh's mistress, and we see that they have an intense love between them, which is forbidden because no one is allowed to touch Anaxunamun. And they they have this whole thing where Imhotep, like, puts his hand over her face without touching her like to caress her <laughs> with the breeze <laughs> but she's covered in paint and he does actually touch her and he smears the paint and we see they get caught by seti he comes in the room and he sees Imotep's priest and he's like what are you doing in here and then he sees an Imotep hides and anaxana moon is standing there and then he's like who touched you and then Imhotep comes up behind him and fucking murders him. <laughs> and then she murders, stabs, him. stabs him. And then they go back and forth stabbing the fuck out of him for and about they, three minutes. They kill him. And then the magi, the king's guard, the Magi, are coming. And Anaxana Moon tells Imhotep to run and that he can resurrect her later. Mm-hmm. That's a Which, weird thing to say to somebody. Yeah. That's a leap of faith. Go that's ahead. You can go get killed. I'll come back for you later. I'll tell you what. I'm like, I'm sorry. This so movie shows over and over that Egyptian magic is real. You know what? The weirdest thing in this movie is that the Magi are followers of Allah and not followers of ancient Egyptian gods because it's proved over and over that they're that right. They're yeah. fucking that <laughs> Egyptian magic is real. Yes, there's a bunch of stuff. That's in the movie a thinker right sense. there. Like, <laughs> hey, there's this super heinous torture kill thing. Then why would you have that? Just if it, you find it, it's really that bad. Just ignore it. Don't like erase that. Don't write it down and keep bringing it up. Yeah. Like and why would you curse somebody? Well, we're going to make him immortal and you know invincible. Like well, that's not a really good punishment. Like, well, they also say they're like this is the most horrible curse ever, and they'd never used it before. I was like, then how do you know? <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a bunch of plot holes with that yeah. whole little scene there where they're talking about like, wait, what? Like some dude was just thinking up curses. He thought this one up. Oh, I got a doozy. And then they were like, like, shit, you can't do that. Like, well, how do we know that it works? Oh, I'm sure it does. Yeah. But he already carved it in that book. Yeah. <laughs> so then, I didn't think of that. He had put it in the gold book, so. Yeah, don't make a don't It's make too a late now. Mm. He carved it. And Imhotep was a real person who they think was the yes. architect of the original pyramid. Like, yeah. he was a high And perhaps <laughs> one of the original physicians. Yeah, like, he was a really important dude. And they just, like, took his name, like, you're the bad guy now. <laughs> I think it's fine. That's what we do. But that's Hollywood for you. So if you're like, Imhotep, everybody's going to think of this guy instead of the guy who, you know. It's like, hey, we're going to make Leonardo da Vinci a bad guy. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? Well, we made him a Ninja Turtle. He did one a lot of, the, of really cool shit before that. <laughs> a couple of the reviews I read said this movie was really racist. And maybe that's what they were talking about, about taking the Egyptian culture know, and portraying yeah. it in such uh, important Egyptian figures and portraying them like that. Because they didn't elaborate. They were yeah. just like, this movie's racist. Well, it's when you uh, ever so. you do any, any kind of anything with anybody. But, but maybe so. that's why. Because I didn't think of it that way, how important historically the, char- the personage well, person, yeah. of Imhotep was. Anyways. Then again, he's, so, you can have more than one person named Imhotep. Yeah. Back, back to this image. Maybe 3,000 years ago was a popular name. It was like Bob. Like Mike, yeah. <laughs> well, maybe. But the other Imhotep was a high priest. Of people the, name their kids <laughs> after famous people all the time. 
Game of Thrones. And you know what? We're just going to go with... People name their kids after famous people all the time. We're just going to go with Hollywood's racist. There's... I mean, half of South America is named Jesus. How do you know that? Well, maybe not half of South America, but it's a very... <laughs> a lot of people. But it's a very like, common... I'm going to go ahead and call bullshit on it. That's, <laughs> but that's it's a, a bold move, Cotton. But it's a very common name. It is. It's like, yeah. Which... And... There's a shit ton of people named Joshua, There's which is actually you know also a name based off of Jesus. People take their heroes and name people after them. I know. Like, there's a bunch of kids right now named Khaleesi, and they regret that shit. Yeah. Like, there's... they love that name. They're like, wait, what? She did what? <laughs> people shit. name their kids after things all the time. There's a person that lives in this house whose name is Crocifizio, who's named after the crucifix. Mm-hmm. More or less. Well... It's spelled differently. Implement of torture and death. Yeah. And salvation. That's why Tony for years would be like... Whatever his name is, Brad. <laughs> 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 right, you anyway, know what? We're getting away from it. <laughs> we're not even through the opening flashback sequence. <laughs> well, there's a lot of stuff to talk I about. Re- I really thought this would be kind of a short like, I didn't episode. think that change would go on <laughs> Thought I'd be able to skip our okay. Anyway, so Max on the Moon tells him to to hide and he and his priests pull him away. And then the Magi come in the room, sees Seti's body, and she says, I, my body is no longer his temple, and kills herself. Mm-hmm. So then so, so the Magi were the king's guard, and now they're Allah's guard. Or well at some point in the three thousand years they were like, let's switch teams. Yeah. At some point, some of these Magi who have been bound to watch out for the resurrection of Imhotep have switched from worshiping whatever... Ra. Well, I don't know. Whatever Egyptian god they preferred at the time to, to Allah. Yeah. I mean, after a few thousand years, you're going to be bored. Hmm. Maybe they uh, worship Horus. We don't know. Could have been. Or Could've Osiris. Been. Isis. Maybe. There's a good one. Probably not Set. Or Anubis, but... Or John Smith. Captain? Or John Carter. From Mars? Yes. So, that night, Emotep steals her body and takes her deep into the desert to Hamanoptera, the city of the dead. Oh, you, you can't do that when, when they're dead. That's illegal. You can't Hamanoptera people when they're dead. <laughs> Although the Egyptians did. And then he takes... And Carly's the- got a hand in front of her face, shaking her head like... He Ugh. takes the Black Book of the Dead and begins the resurrection process. But before he can complete it, he's interrupted by the Magi who followed him. And they take his priests and they mummify them alive. And he was cursed with the Humdai, the, most wor- the worst of all Egyptian curses. That we know of. He's sealed in a sarcophagus. Um, undead for all time, guarded by the Magi. For if he's unleashed upon on the world, he would be, they describe it as all these terrible things, but I just wrote in quotes, the worst. Yeah, that seems like a bad idea. We're going to fuck this guy over real bad, but if yeah. he gets let loose, he's invincible and immortal. Yeah. Like, yeah. That seems like there's a really... A lot of, well, there's a, why don't you just shoot him in the face? It's <laughs> a lot of curses of immortality. Going. Crush him with a rock. Well, Stone him. I would say part of what makes this curse so... Make him watch the beast. <laughs> Oh. Part of I'm a, just kidding. Then we wouldn't have it. <laughs> I would. Well, you didn't nay it, so you obviously didn't. <laughs> I know it was I that did, bad. I just know you didn't like it. So I did not. Um, 
Part of what makes, I would think part of what makes it so horrible is that he's cursed. Like, if you believed in gods, you don't get the afterlife. You don't get to go to the afterlife and be with the gods. That's part of the or curse. Or get to be with the girl. Or Yes, and separated from Anaxuna Moon for all time. Like, mm. if you believe in that sort of stuff, it was... You believe in a thing called love? Like, part of it is to go and be with the afterlife where you're celebrated for all eternity and with the gods, and now you don't get to do that. You're cursed. Great. Now I got that share song stuck in my head, and it'll be in there for like a week. (laughs) Okay. So then time passes, and we see the buildings of Hamanoptera slowly erode and wear with time, and now we're in 1923, Hamanoptera. And there is a battle happening between a squadron of the French Foreign Legion and a Bedouin people and some Bedouins. Now, I don't think that these guys they're fighting are the Magi. It feels more like they're probably because they don't I mean they don't look like they're Magi and later we see the Magi are on top of the plateau watching. So these and they're Magi trainees. Maybe. But we don't really know who they're battling, but In the group of legionnaires, we meet Rick and Benny, who are both part of the French Foreign Legion. And um, the legion is being obliterated. Like, they're getting fucked up because they are on foot and these Bedouins are all on horses and cavalry trumps foot soldiers all the time. These are just historical war facts. And uh, they start to retreat into... Genghis Khan. (laughs) Benny and Rick retreat into the city of Hamanoptera and Benny goes in a building and then shuts the fucking door and so that Rick and, can't and Rick get in. Rick follows him. Don't you shut that door. Don't you shut that door. And this this breaks their friendship for all time. Well, that'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Rick runs through the city trying to evade death, but eventually gets cornered in front of the statue of Anubis and he prepares to die, closes his eyes and turns his face away, prepares to be murdered. And then the Bedouins run away. And he's like, what the hell happened? Then he hears suspicious whispers. And then something starts to shift the sand and a face appears. And he's like, holy shit. And Rick gets the fuck out of Dodge. No, he, he goes full Dinkelman. <laughs> then we see that all of the, the legionnaires are dead. And the Bedouin people are retreating. And the Magi say they're satisfied that the... Um, creature remains undiscovered. And they're like, well, what about that last dude, which is Rick? And they're, and they're like, well, the desert will kill him. And they let him live. Ah. Which is a mistake. If they had killed him then, none of this would have happened. <laughs> Bangkok has him. Which they don't seem to have a problem killing people, so... But obviously they felt yeah. a special connection. Plot armor. <laughs> and then we flash to three Robots years in later <laughs> in Cairo. Oh. So Transformers, in like the first episode of the cartoon, evidently they have plasma guns? I didn't know this. <laughs> you talking about the cartoon? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He just said in the first episode of the cartoon. Mm-hmm. There's more than one Not cartoon more. series. Which probably talk about the Transformers! <laughs> 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 they just popped in. That, that really came out of nowhere. No. More than one well, Transformers <laughs> cartoon this, series. This <laughs> podcast has a lot of random tangents, but that one seemed truly <laughs> random. Just fell out of your brain, didn't it? Yep, sure did. Okay. Sometimes it's, it's they have uh, guns that turn transformers into ga- into glass. So don't go by. There's all kinds of weird ass weapons. Into glass or crystal? 
Well, they turn to glass, and then after a while, they turn normal. I don't know. There's That's a lot weird. of weird-ass shit in that show. Sounds like a curse. Transfiguration. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Anyways, three years later in Cairo, uh, we are at the Museum of Antiquities. Three years later? It's three years later. Wow, he's been in jail for three years? No. Oh. But it's been three years since he ran away jail. in the... Not very long. We do know how long he's been <laughs> oh, in jail. Okay. Um, he's only been in jail for like a couple of days. Oh, okay. Because... He has longer hair, though. Well, he grew But, up. like, what's his name pilfers the thing off of him at a bar? So he Like, the night okay. before. Okay. Like, he was... On, we don't know how long it takes Jonathan and Evie to track him down. Yeah. But the day... This day, the three years later in Cairo, the day that Evie fucks up the library, which we're about to get to, that is the wow. day that Jonathan stole the thing from him. Okay. Like, last night, Jonathan steals from him, and then they go and find him in prison... So it probably took them a couple days to find him in prison. Mm -hmm. But he hasn't been in prison for three years. Okay. He was too busy having a very good time. I just wanted to make sure I didn't miss that. All right. So we're at the Museum of Antiquities. And we meet Evelyn, Evie, the librarian, who's reshelving books. And then there's a funny mishap where she knocks down every single fucking bookcase. For some reason, they're in an oval. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so we have a domino effect that happens. Her boss, Dr. Bay, comes in and he says, What? How? Oh, look at this. Sons of the pharaohs. Give me frogs, flies, locusts, anything but you. Compared to you, the other plagues are a joy. He's, which. That seems a bit excessive. It seems not excessive enough. Knock <laughs> <laughs> over some books. She knocked over 30 bookcases full of extremely important historical texts. Well, goes, important I don't care how long it takes, you're going to fix this. I said, how is she going to pick those bookshelves yeah. up? <laughs> she's going to have to go hire some workers. Like, Luckily, she's got a big strapping boyfriend by the end of the movie. Like you, you And her boss is dead, so who cares? I've seen pictures of libraries after like an earthquake. And books are just everywhere, and it'll take the librarian's staff weeks yeah. to get them all back on the shelves. But those are not these shelves. These shelves yeah. are like 20 feet high. Yeah, solid, full of very that no one gives a shit about. <laughs> Seriously. That you don't give a shit about. Seriously, big shelves. Have you ever seen that meme that says things that bookworms are upset by? The fact that we can never read all the books in our TBR pile. The fact that ser- that our authors died before they finished a series. Mm. The fact about that time the Library of Ex- Alexandria got burned down. <laughs> Still mad about it. The Library of Alexandria wasn't a whole lot of books that you would have liked. I know, but it's, it's, a, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a thing that people who really like books are mad when books are destroyed. Hey, also the Library of Alexandria, really close to where, where this happened. Yeah, I know. Maybe some of those books were from the Library of Alexandria that were saved. They could be worth millions of dollars today if only Evie hadn't fucked up this library. Well. Anyway, so <clears throat> she hears a noise. Let's all praise the ghost of Alexandria the Great. And she goes into another room in the museum and uh, she's looking around. She's like, hello, who's there? And she goes up to a sarcophagus and looks in and a mummy jumps up. But it's not just a it's not just a skeleton, it's her brother in a sarcophagus. With a dead with guy. a dead body. Yeah. All touching it. Fucking with a mummy. Like yeah. I'm like, wouldn't you that break are the mummy? Destroying with your very presence. Yeah. It's disrespectful and you don't want to breathe dead anything. 
Well, it's that, definitely whatever germs are on your body is gonna. Well, probably not gonna hurt. He's dead. Yeah. But but they could I don't destroy this. It. Yeah, the oils on your skin may deteriorate but further. Or something. this is her brother Jonathan. He's a bit of a rapscallion. Rapscallion. Did yes. That's a good word. And they don't seem super worried about the oils on and their he, skin because they just touch all this shit with their fingers. It's the twenties. They haven't it's, figured out that yet. I mean, it is nineteen twenty-six. So. And she's concerned, but Jonathan is not concerned. Oh, I mean with the map later. Well. She just, it's like, ooh, look. <laughs> he, he has come yeah, to show her. lots of things. He's come to show her something that he's found. I did some air quotes. Uh-huh. And apparently he brings her junk all the time. But this time, he really has found something. It's a metal box. And it opens. And there's a map inside. And the map appears to lead to the city of Hamanatra. So they go to her boss, and they show him the map. And her boss, you know, and he's like, this is probably a fake. And she's like, no, look, I already carbon... She's like, I already performed... She carbon dated it and everything. She didn't she carbon dated it. She of Sete. And she's Seti the sure first. She's, but she's already authenticated no its age that. somehow. Before they took it to her in boss. In 1926, she did And while they're dating. trying to convince her boss, he test. accidentally, again with the air quotes, accidentally lights it on fire. And he's he like, burns. is a fairy tale. That's not even a real place. And he burns. So was Troy until they found it. <laughs> and he burns off the part of the map that shows where Hamanoptera is located. And she's very upset. But, so then, they cut, they don't, ever show them leaving the chamber with her boss but you kind of got to feel he's like don't you have a library to clean up yeah she's like yeah and she's like i'll do that later i'm peacing out (laughs) but evie has imagine i'd be like yeah boss i'll get to that later i'm going to find (laughs) hamanaptra evie tells jonathan to take her to the man that he found the you know at this point she knows he stole it she's like take me to the dude you stole this from because she knows her brother's a rapscallion Rapscallion. Yes. It's totally a My favorite word say. of the podcast, <laughs> Rapscallion. I, it's actually the word I wrote in my notes because I felt like it was the best way to describe him because he's a gambler and a thief and a bit of a drunkard but also lovable at the same time. A bit of a drunkard. Yeah. Yeah. Is he? Mm-hmm. I would say that he's probably, I mean, not like an alcoholic Maybe kind of drunkard, but a L-I-B-I-N bit of a drunkard. living. I think he is. And he That's why I'm using the world. word rapscallion. He says the same Because he's still, <laughs> like, at one point, he tells her, she says something about him being a liar, and he's like, you're my sister, you should know better than to trust me. There's right. one point, anyways. Okay, we're an hour into the podcast and, like, ten minutes into the movie. That's not facts. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jonathan takes Evie to the man he stole the box from, and this man is in prison. So, it's a Rick. It's a Rick? No, it's Rick. Oh, the Rick. Rick O'Connell. The Rick O'Connell. And the- they ask the warden what he was in here for. And uh, he, and the warden says, well, we asked him, and he said he was just out to have a good time. <laughs> and, she, and apparently, and then the warden's like, apparently he had a very good time. Oh, wow. But because he is scheduled to be hung. Whoa, he must have touched uh, something. So Evie questions O'Connell. About, she's like, 
we found your box and we wanted to ask you some questions about where you got it. And he's like, no, you want to ask me about Hamanoptera. And she's like, oh, so you know about Hamanoptera. And he's like, well, that's where I got the box. And then she's like, will you tell me the exact location of the Hamanoptera? And he's like, do you really want to know? And he like waves her in really close. Do you really want to know? And she's like, yes, yes, I do. And then he gives her a big smooch and says, then get me the hell out of here. Why did he kiss her? Because he was about to die and it seemed like a good idea at the time. It's explained in the movie. To sexually assault a woman? Well, she's pretty and he wanted one last... Oh, so it's okay because she's pretty. We established in the Rocky episode that if she's into it, it's okay. And she was. (laughs) I'm going to be like the Hulk and give you that one. (laughs) Also, at this point, all we've seen is that he's in prison about to be hung for unspecified deeds. So it's not like he's a good, upstanding dude. Mm-hmm. That's true. Where sexually assaulting a woman would be maybe outside his purview. You can only hang me once. He does. He did shoot a bunch of people already. He's he about, a lot of people. He's about to die. I mean... He John Wick at the beginning of this movie. <laughs> anyways. He had a pencil. Who, could, who does so, that? We should watch John Wick. No, we're watching more. So, Evie... <laughs> Come on, hurry up. So, they go to hang him. And they're actually... He's on the scaffold. And Evie is trying to buy his freedom from the warden. And the warden is like, no. We he's, are hanging him. No, the warden's super creepy. He's like, I'm a very lonely man. And puts his hand on her thigh. And she yes. hits him with a book. So, then he's like... And then they ask O'Connell if he has any last words. And he says, yeah, loosen the noose and let me go. And the guy that's hanging him says something to the warden. And the he, warden's like... No, he asks, um, the guy's last request was to let him go. Can we do that? And he's like, no! no. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, the warden ignores her, and they hang O'Connell. However, the fall does not break his neck. So he's literally asphyxiating in front of them, which is pretty much a horrific thing to watch and a horrific way to go, because it takes a very long time for that to kill you. Yes, but he would fall asleep fairly quick. Mm-hmm. Well, he Anyways, would, he would break his neck. He's, that would have also heavy broken dude. his neck. Yeah. Well, that was because that was a hell of a fall. That was a short. It was hard. Well, it was, got, yeah, it was a he, short stop. He's got he's got plot armor. Yeah, but yeah, Clearly, I mean, like he is he, a big dude. He's yeah. so the magi decided not to shoot him. He survived the desert and he's been hanged. He might be immortal. Yeah, he might. Did somebody curse him? Well, he's a magi. Oh, spoilers! <laughs> it doesn't come up in this movie at all. Yes, but for the next when the next movie. Anyways, um. So she panics and she says that he knows the location of Hamanoptera. And she makes a deal with the warden to free him for a cut of what they find. And they agree on 25%. Because he's an idiot. She he says 30 and he goes 25. She goes, ha ha. But they cut him down and Rick is free. So the next day, they don't like, they let Rick go, but they don't like watch him. He gets mm-hmm. to go off and I don't know. Take a shower. Go collect his stuff from whatever hotel he had it in. He went and got a haircut. There's no, like, probation. He just gets on a boat and leaves. (laughs) No. Probation's not a thing yet. I know. (laughs) Even if it is a thing, this is a completely different country. Yeah. In the 20s with a completely different judiciary (laughs) system. We don't need... I don't even know... Where you could buy someone's freedom. (laughs) I don't even know... You could do that in a bunch of countries now. (laughs) I don't even know if if the government in 1926... Egypt is the same as the government in 2021 Egypt. I don't think it is at all. So who knows what kind of system they had at this time. Shit, in 1926 America, you might have been, you probably could buy somebody's freedom out of jail. But don't buy your way into your kids into college. (laughs) Aunt Aunt Becky went to jail for that. 
Anyways, so Evie and Jonathan are going to get on a boat to sail down the Nile, and they're talking about Rick, and Evie's like, how do you even know that he's going to show up? He's a scoundrel and a thief, and he was, and, and Jonathan's and like, he seems, he seems very trustworthy. He'll be here. And then Rick comes up and is like, who are you talking about? And he's gone from scruffy prisoner to dream boat. Dream boat. <laughs> because Evie is mesmerized by clean cut Rick O'Connell. Mm-hmm. He's looking like a snack. <laughs> and Did then, you say he looks like a snack? Yes, he's a dreamboat snack. Like so snack. he looks like what, like a tasty cake? Oh, okay. she wants to see his Twinkie, got it. You haven't heard that? Yeah. It's, it's becoming more and more popular, the lingo. Somebody's looking like a snack, it means, you know, she could catch it. He could catch it, she could catch it. Is that lingo you understand? Nope. Yes, it is. I'm, I'm not understanding any of this. Tony, you got any? Uh, something about a ho-ho and a dingo. She's thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's a little thirsty. She's thirsty? She's a little thirsty, and he's looking like a snack. <laughs> well, then why doesn't she get some water? Oh, goodness. She goodness. wants a tall drink of Just one. Just move on. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, you talk about the hibbity-dibbity. So he says, he <laughs> says, let me get your bag. Nanatra, yeah. <laughs> and he goes on the boat, and while they're still staring at him, Old uh, Warden Hassan comes up, and they're like, "What are you doing here?" He says, and I'm he's protecting like, "My investment." Yeah, yeah he, and yeah, good he for him. <laughs> and he gets on the boat because he was never going to see them again. I mean, what's funny is this guy also played a slave trader in um, Gladiator. Mm-hmm. But he's not cast. a slave trader in this. He's a think, warden. You don't. You don't think those criminals, those uh, prisoners, are going to end up being slaves? Come on, come on, come on. No, I don't. No. I just I get a slavey vibe from him. Sorry, maybe that it might have been God here. Who knows? <laughs> That's no. no. <laughs> oh, but we're talking about tall drinks of water. Is okay, got it. When someone's a snack, they're a snack. A snack. A dish. A dish. I got that one. Oh yeah, is that an old enough reference Trish for you? Trish the dish. Trish the dish. See. All right. So Nobody the boat travels that. down <laughs> the Nile. That's from Mallrats. Jonathan is playing cards with a group of American gentlemen. Who also happen to be looking for Hamanoptera. And are also the same <laughs> group of guys that hunted Dracula. Yeah. It looks like the same guys. It's like there's a cowboy, there's a, a nerdy guy with glasses. And there's a police officer, officer an Indian. Like, it's your kind of stereotypical group of Americans. Yeah. Three American cowboys, and then they have their British Egyptologist with them. Yeah. And, and they didn't um, change their wardrobe for Dracula. A Mr. Henderson, <laughs> Mr. Daniels, Mr. Burns, and Dr. Chamberlain. Doctor. And Rick is like, um, how do you know we're looking for Hamanoptera? And they're like, well, Jonathan told us. And um, Rick's like, why are you telling them? Like Tony with well, me. Why are you telling people everything? <laughs> and then um, they inform Rick that they have a guy that's actually been there. And Jonathan starts to say that so do they. And Rick shuts him up. He's like, shush. And uh, they bet they make a bet with Rick that they're going to get to Hamanoptera before him. 500 big ones. Doll hairs? Buckaroos. Here's the thing. If, if they had won the bet, it's not like they're ever going to see Rick again. Yeah. <laughs> Are those American dollars? Such a weird bet. <laughs> I do believe they were American dollars. They're just a bunch of dudes making yeah. bets. They don't get Dude. Dude. Play another dude. See, they're like, play you want to play? Dude. And he's like, I don't bet do you with mean money. You I only bet with my, my life. life. Yes. <laughs> Best part but, about that is that guy's name is Al Pacino. It's like, but he does feel fairly confident <laughs> um, that whoever they have... <laughs> He does feel very confident at this point that whoever they have has not actually been to Hamanoptera and it's a scam. So he's like, sure, I'll take your money. It's like, I'll take that bet. Then we flash out to the water and we take see... Take that deal. Damn good deal. Mm-hmm. 
Is that Will? No, Damn. that's not. It was somebody trying to sell him an updated warranty for his car. Ah. And um, so we do see out on the water, it's nighttime, so we see out on the water a boat of approaching Magi. Rick and Evie have a little chat. Rick says there's something out there. He unrolls a duffel bag full of weapons. Yeah. And she's like, did I misunderstand? Are we going to fight a war? And he's like, look, there's something out Somebody in the there. in the desert, I under the sand. Hamanoptera is that cursed. That bag must have been really fucking heavy. Yeah. And she says that she doesn't believe in curses and that she's looking for a book, the book of Amun-Ra. And he's like, yeah, it helps that it's made out of solid gold. And she's like, oh, you know your Egyptian history. And he's like, no, I know my treasure. <laughs> Boom. Because she says she doesn't care about the treasure. She just wants this book. He's and like, this gold book. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah. yeah. She also asked why he kisses, kissed her. And he's like, well, I was about to die. It seemed like a good idea at the time. And this kind of upsets her. Well, because she thought they were having their timers went off. A shared, shared moment. <laughs> they were sharing a moment. It just wasn't that important. The sundials went off. <laughs> the sundials went off. <laughs> but this is when Rick spots Benny, his old buddy, his old pal. They have a bit of a chat. And which ends when Rick throws him overboard. Nice. <laughs> Rick which is such an asshole. In this incident. <laughs> you know, whoever the actor was who played Rick really had to be charismatic and a nice guy and likable because he's an asshole. Yeah. He is a total douche canoe. A douche canoe and a tall drink of water. Yeah. But it's very yeah, funny. So those are not but Benny did <laughs> But Benny did leave him to die. Like it's not like they're their friendship has suffered many a thing. Turn They're no cheek. longer. They're not friends. Live and let live. The only cheek he wants to give Benny is the old moon. Anyways. Um, Speaking of Sam Robert. After Rick throws Benny off the boat, he notices that there's some wet footprints that have appeared out of nowhere. Someone has come aboard. Which, how did their feet get wet? Did they go swimming? Yes. Wouldn't they just the water? Right? They Wouldn't swam they just, onto. The, they're they're currently out to sea. So somebody has. They're not out to sea. They're on the river, and those magi were in a boat. Whatever. So wouldn't they just tie the boat to the side of the boat and climb up the side of the boat? Well, they may Why have are they their, wet? They may have got their feet wet when they pushed the boat into the water because it wasn't know. like a ship. It was just no. like a rowboat. So maybe let's Anyways. not pull the plot threads <laughs> in this movie. But we see Evie in her chambers. Who she's trying to read, but she's so distracted by the fact that that kiss from Rick really she, she felt it, it wasn't that good of a kiss. She's yeah, right. Good but she's, that she can't concentrate on this book. She's mooning over wet. him. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's still thinking about it. I didn't hear Tony's joke because I was trying to run a podcast. Uh, you'll catch it later. Maybe. You know what's funny? You know, you'll catch it in about six months because Elaine's really far behind. <laughs> I'm currently on entrapment. Ooh. Oh, wow. You know what? So right around Christmas, you'll get this. Merry Christmas. I'm catching back up. Yeah, okay. I will be caught up before you know it. It doesn't take that long. I'm yeah. not... Anyways. What um... episode I'm on? The current one. I'm not. The Beast? Yeah. No. I haven't listened to it yet, though. Well, then... <laughs> okay. Um, so the Magi attack, and we see a, a gentleman with a hook attack Evie, and ask her for the map and the key. She points to the map and he's like, where's the key? And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about, what key? And then there is a fight and a fire and things get crazy. It's getting, it's getting, it's getting kind of heavy. And everybody's running around and Jonathan, so I can't remember 
how Evie gets away from the man with the hook. I think she accidentally lights him she, on fire. She has a she grabs a candle and, and, and ran in the eye in yeah. his eye. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Which starts the fire. And then um at one point Jonathan runs in there to get her and sees him on fire and he grabs the key and um Rick gets Evie, drags her on deck, and says, can you swim? And she's like, if the occasion calls for it, and he throws her overboard and says it does. So in the last five minutes, he's thrown two people off the boat. This last one, probably a little bit more warranted. But the Americans have hunkered down behind some boxes as if they're holding up the OK Corral. (laughs) And um, instead of jumping off the side of the boat, are killing Majai left and right. Uh, but everybody, the boat sinks and everybody gets off into the water and goes swimming. And then we see one side of the river where Benny and the, his American party are. Who and called the jets? He says, hey, O'Connell, looks like we got all the horses. But Rick and his party are on the other Benny, side. Benny, looks s- like you're on the wrong side of the river. Yep. Which yep. is a really good line. <laughs> then we flash to the daytime. We see Rick, Jonathan, Hassan, and Evie resupplying at a village. Um, they get they buy some camels, and uh, Evie is given actual clothes instead of her. She spends a lot of this movie in her nightgowns. I know. <laughs> I was like, she's always in her pajamas, like it's fancy it. pajamas, not yes. like my pajamas. Well, <laughs> well, her and her brother are the kids of the person of the guy that in, that found King Tut's tomb. Mm-hmm. So that was in the trivia. Got the monies. So they have the mm-hmm. monies. Mm-hmm. Or a little bit. Well, maybe not quite so much as they used to. Their parents are dead, and I'm sure Jonathan is spending through his inheritance. Like. Well, and they mention in here, you know, oh, your father was very mm-hmm. famous because mm-hmm. he discovered King Tut. Yes, well, anyways. So, um... She said, oh, yeah, hold my beer. Evie uh, is looking quite beautiful in her new clothes that the um, Bedouin ladies have dressed her in, and Rick is momentarily stunned by her beauty. And they she's make, a snack. They make flirty eyes at each other. They head into the desert. We travel across the desert to Hamanoptera. We see the Magi are watching them. And we see that Rick spots the Magi watching them. But we meet up with Benny and his American crew early morning on the plateau. And they're like, oh, see, you're still alive. Oh, see, you're still alive. And they, everybody's like, what are we waiting for? And... Uh, Rick is like, for for us to be shown the way, the sun comes up, and then a desert optical illusion appears, and then out of nowhere is the city of Hamanoptera, and it's a race, because remember, there's $500, which is a lot of money in 1926, Ooh. bet on Hold who on. can get it's in. It's more than I'm betting in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> then I'm like, how is how's O'Connell and uh, uh, Evelyn... Outrun these dudes on camels when they're on horses. Well, camels probably run better in sand. They do. These are, and I was like, aren't these Arabian horses? <laughs> like, I mean, well, there's that. We too. don't know. Right. Well, we don't know how well bred these All horses right. are. They could it's be. True. Are you ready? Yes. Seven thousand three hundred and six dollars. That's a couple bucks. But it makes sense that Evie's cam. Well, they they race, and it makes sense that Evie's wow. camel wins because it's carrying the lightest load. <laughs> You think all these guys are really big dudes, and Evie probably weighs, what, 120 pounds at the most? And she did lose all of her belongings on the boat. Yeah. All so she doesn't have luggage. No. <laughs> she has some 
pajamas. She has a few shawls. There's a couple of times when they showed the desert sequence when they're traveling through the desert. Well, there's a couple of times where her and Rick are like making eyes at each other, and we see her, and she has on like her her outfit has like knee high socks. But we see that, like, the dress part, her skirt has ridden up, and there's long, and you can see, like, six inches of her thigh. And I keep thinking, you're, you need to cover that up. You're going to get sunburned. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's why you have all these clothes on, so you don't get sunburned, because they don't have sunscreen. There is a lot of in this movie where, I don't know if it's just the film or because it's older or whatever, but I'm like, what is going on with these actors? Because they're all, like, permanently dirty. Mm-hmm. It's almost like they're painting them to look darker but they're not but they're not dirty but they're not tan so i don't know if it's like a weird what they're doing with the makeup but when you watch it pay attention to their faces it looks a little weird to me well i mean they're in the desert you're trying to say that brendan fraser's a dirty girl Hmm? well Hmm? maybe 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 rachel vice is a dirty girl Hmm? maybe it is actual dirt like they're filming in the in a hot environment and they get a little sweaty so maybe. the sand just, like sticks to their makeup it makes it like a little cakey maybe maybe there's some scenes where vice and like when they do fight and roll around the dirt they come up and they're dirty as shit but when they're just riding around it's like there's a weird look on them mm. well i was like she's gonna get sunburned anyway and so you do some of my brows too they race to hominoptera and evie wins they set up a camp benny's team is on one side and rick's team is on the other Rick's team has found the statue of Anubis and they're digging down, whereas the other team is uh, is going like directly into a building or whatever. Doctor Chamberlain makes fun of Rick's team, saying that they're led by a woman, and what can she possibly know? More than you. <laughs> well, maybe a not. little bit, maybe not. <laughs> but it, not about the book he wants. <laughs> But it fits in good with this movie because of the time period, like... Yeah. A little bit of misogyny fits good. So, Evie says that at the base of Anubis, there should be a compartment with the book. So they go down in the hole, and there's mirrors down there, and they use that old ancient Egyptian trick to use the mirrors to capture the light and light up the chamber they're in. Yeah, those mirrors work way better Aziz than they ever would have. Aziz Light. And they enter the Welcome city. Welcome back to podcast uh, from Fifth Element. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They enter the city in a mummy preparation room. This is where Hassan says, watch out for bugs. I don't like bugs. <laughs> and there is noises, little. And they're like, what's that? And O'Connell's like, sounds like bugs <laughs> sounds like these are immortal bugs because there's nothing for them to eat <laughs> well it is a desert there would be bugs <laughs> you get that? my that's podcast listeners this is my sister hello audra <laughs> audra's checking in to say oh my god john has 803 followers on instagram now <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Oh, that's Actually, right. it went down. It was like 820 at one point. I was like, wow, look at me. Evidently, <laughs> <laughs> everybody woke up and goes, why are we following this idiot? I don't know. I only have 120 followers on my Insta. I'm a sad face. All right, so. <clears throat> well, anyways. you know. Um, they find Anubis's legs, and they hear a noise. And they're like, what's that? And they peek around the corner of Anubis's statue, and there's the other fucking team. Then we have a bit of a standoff. Mr. Tottenham going, what happened to the other team? I'm like, oh, I'm sure they'll find them. <laughs> <laughs> and they do. 
Like, they, they need people to die in this movie. There's yeah. a bit of a standoff, wow. and then Evie notices that there's a crack in the floor and that there's some kind of chamber underneath Anubis. So she calms them down and says, look, there's plenty of places to dig. We'll just go dig somewhere else. They give up this space to the American team. And they go, somehow they find exactly below Anubis's statue. Mm-hmm. And, it, and they're digging underneath. They're going to come up right underneath those beastly Americans. No offense. And he's like... None taken? None taken. And um, Hassan wanders off at this point. He finds a, a hieroglyph, hieroglyphics with a man who's covered in blue gold scarab beetles. And he, he starts to pry out the scarabs. We learned in our Red Sonia episode that you don't pry jewels off the wall. It always ends up bad. Mm-hmm. Also, you don't even like bugs. No. <laughs> we fled. Also, in the next movie, you see um, Brendan Fraser's tattoo, and it's two snakes facing each other. Oh, that's, oh. that's not true. I just wanted to do that. <laughs> well, you didn't do it right because you didn't use the voice. Like this. Yes, thank you. They're the two m- snakes facing each other. The American team has found a, compar- a compartment, and they're going to pry it open, but then the Dr. Chamberlain says, um, maybe we should have the workers open it. And they're like, okay. Yeah. So they have their workers open it, and um, there is a booby trap, and they are killed with salt acid. You always check for traps. What's wrong with these people? Well, that's why they have these minions. You don't check it with the minions. You check it with the... The rogue. Thank you. <laughs> they didn't have a rogue. They had, they had to kill minions. Well, you should have brought a rogue. So, we flash back to, our, uh, to Rick's team. And Rick and Evie are chatting while Jonathan plays golf with a hammer and some stones. And a, scar- a sarcophagus falls out of the base of Anubis. Scaring the bejesus out of them. Like you, they would. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, Evie's like, wow, he must have been either very important to be buried at the base of Anubis or done something very, very naughty. We flash back to Hassan, who drops one of the gold scarabs onto the sand. Once it hits the sand, it hatches into an actual scarab beetle. And it crawls onto him and under his skin. Which he immediately starts screaming, like, like I, you would. Yeah. <laughs> and you can see it crawling under his skin. Which, the CGI here doesn't really hold up. <laughs> which is pretty creepy even now. Like, just the thought of that is pretty... Yeah. I'm sorry, what is that? Very rough. Yeah. So, we flash back to Evie, and she says that they ask her, Jonathan and Rick are like, well, who is it? Tell us who it is. And she says that it says... It's he, he who must not be named. He who cannot be named. <laughs> it's Voldemort. And that there's some sort of lock. All the bad guys, you can't ever say their name. <laughs> and that there's some sort of lock on the outside. And that's when she realizes that. that the box that the map came in is actually a key. Yeah. And that that was the key that the, that the hooked guy with the hook was asking about on the boat. Beetle drink? Hassan is screaming. And they hear it, and they go to check it out, and he runs past them and runs headfirst into a wall, and he's dead. Which Surprised I, me. 
<laughs> I assume that the beetle was in his brain, which is why he went head first into the wall like he was trying to crush it, but it was too late. It was already in his brain and had caused probably a catastrophic stroke, maybe. But I thought he was going to end up being, like, possessed or something. Yeah. Some sort of curse to do with being nope. here and messing with shit. Right, just run to the wall. <laughs> well, she... But he's just gone. <laughs> Interesting. I thought we were going to see him again. Aww. Well, she does do that in in the other Mummy movie. And this is kind of a rip-off of this, so I can see that. Remember, she takes the bug and... It goes and crawls into the dude, and then she can make him do whatever. Yeah. yeah. No, he does live. He goes saying, I lost his spear. <laughs> okay, so then that night they talk at camp, and uh, they kind of, they wonder what happened to Hassan, and Rick tells them that the other group had bad luck too, and that their workers had been, had been killed by some salt acid. They melted them. Which is pretty horrific. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the Magi attack again. There is another fight in which many people on both sides are killed, it seems. And, Except um, for the, our group, because there's not a lot of them, and they all die. <laughs> well, a bunch of the workers are killed, yep. and a bunch of the Magi are killed. Yeah. But eventually... But none of our main characters. Rick gets them to stand off using a, a stick of dynamite. And our death tells them that no more will die this night. But they need to leave, or they will die, and that they have one day, and then the magi back off. Give them a day; they're already digging. (laughs) Because it's a movie. Because we need the plot to move. So they go. Because if they leave, movie's over. Yes. So then, they decide that after a attack is the time to get a little drunk, Mm -hmm. and they drink Hassan's Glenlivet that they found when Jonathan rifled through his bags. And, and Evie gets a bit drunk and flirty. Yes, she says, I'm going to kiss you. And instead passes and He's out. like, all right. <laughs> he doesn't, he's, I he's, mean, he's going to let her kiss him, but he's not, he's not trying to take advantage of the situation. How do you know? Did, you don't, didn't get that far. Because she passes out and he puts her to bed. Yeah, you know, maybe. Because he knows that she's asleep. Sleep. That means no. <laughs> mm-hmm. He listens to our podcast. But, uh. Next day, we're back digging. The American team go back to their chest. I ain't saying she a gold digger. And Dr. Chamberlain tells them that there's a curse upon this chest. (laughs) Dead will come on swift wings to whosoever opens this chest. There's one, the undead, who is bound by law, who if brought back, he will assimilate this curse. He will kill all who open this chest and assimilate their organs and fluids. In doing so, he will become more than the undead by a plague and become a plague upon this earth so the workers are like when they hear there's a curse they skedaddle out of there they're like like, no no like look three of our friends died when they got melted and then those magi came and killed a bunch more and this is not worth the money (laughs) you're paying us 10 bucks (laughs) and there's that strange wailing wind that keeps happening all over the place and before they open it so the workers have already run away and then once he gets finished reading all of the curse, Benny is like, this is not right. There is a curse. Things are happening. And he, Dinkelman's out. Mm, that's not mobile. We flash to Rick's team. And they go to, their, to the sarcophagus. And uh, Evie tells them that the sacred spells have been chiseled off. Which means he was cursed in this world and in the next. Whoa. Which took a really long time. So they had to carve that shit in and then carve it off. Yeah. 
And uh, but they didn't have any Hulu or you know. Well, Netflix. maybe. Well, you know, they would prepare for quite a while for their for their impending death or their voyage into the afterlife. So maybe they used Emotep's actual sarcophagus that was already made, and they just chiseled all the spells off. Could be. Could be. Emotep was an important guy. Or maybe they just have a bunch of sarcophaguses already pre-ready to go with certain so sacred shopping. spells. Already ready. Already. <laughs> yeah, like... They went to the sarcophagus store? <laughs> yeah, like they got people that just what they do is they make sarcophaguses and, and they, more, you and they put your basic sacred spells on there. Mm-hmm. And then you fill in with the name and maybe some specific... You know, mm. here lies Bob. He was a great he father and Bob brother and <laughs> An you know, loving husband. Bob. Bobotep. Bobotep. Oh. Well, Cleopatra the first. Or Cleopatra the seventeenth. I don't know. But anyway, so they they chisel off the sacred spells. But they open it and out pops the mummy Bob. and they're surprised because he seems to be juicy. juicy. Yeah, that wouldn't make that Which make is, any sense. Like, why would he still be juicy? Because he's 3,000 years old and he still appears to be decomposing. Yeah. It is a think piece and it does kind of freak them out. Well, it would. Like, this guy's fresh. They also <laughs> notice there's fingernail scratches on the inside of the sarcophagus. That and, wouldn't really freak me out. Like, wow, they buried this dude alive. And... Which is pretty upsetting. And then he also inscribed a message that says, Death is only the beginning. Yeah, which is kind of funny because when they put him in there, remember, they tied his hands yeah. down and then covered up his face. Not that he'd be able to see anyway. But right. <laughs> Maybe they, they, well, they didn't cover him in scarabs. So he was in a full mummy wraps and he was in there scratching one of his little fingers. Well. <laughs> he did have forever. Well, there's that too. Well, he slowly died from eating, being eaten. I don't think it would take that long to be eaten, but see how many scarabs they put in yeah, there? I don't think it would take that long. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he... I mean, judging from... Um, what was his name? Ahmed? I don't think he... No, what was his name? The, the, the jail guy, the warden. Hassan. 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 So I'm sorry, Hassan. Hassan there. died right away. Yes, so I'm pretty sure that when they put in that, that many scarabs... <laughs> yes, but he... He was dead pretty quick. <laughs> but he didn't die. He became the undead. He was also a priest and had magical powers, so maybe it took him longer to die. Oh, he had magical powers because he was a priest. He had divine powers. Maybe the scarab beetles got power from him. Maybe the scarab beetles were power. Very slowly. And they said, (laughs) maybe they carved death is only the beginning. Well, we we never thought of that. The scarabs wrote it in. (laughs) But we flashed to the American group. Why did they write it in English? This scarabs. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Keep they going. wrote it in ancient Egyptian because that's the language. So she can speak. read it and speak it. <sighs> yeah, she's a very yeah. good librarian. Anyway, <laughs> Americans, they find the Book of the Dead. In they open the box and they find the Book of the Dead, and then they go open the box. The <laughs> the in the box. Dr. Chamberlain is very excited because it's the Book of the Dead and the um, Americans are like, where's the treasure? And one of them kicks it, which opens the side, and then we see the canoptic jars, which are made like, of here, ivory and gold, and they're like, here's your treasure. Meanwhile, that book is the treasure. <laughs> yes. See, and this is why it is illegal to take anything out of uh, Egypt now, because of these motherfuckers here. Yeah. That needs to grind their mummies up and make paint out of them. Yeah, there's that. Well, there's been a few things. <laughs> but if you get caught taking shit out of, like, you, if you stumble across a tomb and you take something out of there, you're fucked. Yeah. I, I do believe like, they kill you. Yeah. I feel 
feel like that's not a bad use of a dead person's remains to grind them up and make paint out of them. Well, well not without their the consent. country's permission. Well, well why yes. would you have to get permission <laughs> from a country that didn't bury them? Well, I mean, you know, land rights. Yeah, I guess. I mean, if you find a tomb under your house, I guess you can. You shouldn't. You certainly. You certainly shouldn't have to ask Congress to grind up a body and turn it into paint. Now the police might I mean, want to talk to you about it, though. I'm just like, saying. Why are you grinding up dead body? Because <laughs> they're on my property. I don't know. Like man. the dead animals that were found under Aaron's house. Like this is three thousand years old. I can do whatever I want with it. When the ha- when the home inspector came, he was like, "You got some skeletons under there, but they're like cats or something." Oh. You know. <laughs> they weren't ancient mummies. You sure no. they weren't ancient mummies? No, they were animals that just got in the crawl space and got stuck. We had a bird do then. Kate got into the attic and died. <laughs> Won't take long. Anyways, that night, Evie sees Dr. Chamberlain trying to open the Book of the Dead, and she notices that it needs the same key that the sarcophagus does. She's all and she, in fact, informs him, I believe you need a key for that book. Then at the campfire, Evie t- shows them some scarab skeletons she found that she tells them she found in the coffin. So he was buried alive with these scarabs. So somebody threw these in with our guy and they slowly ate him alive. Although there's quite a few, so it was not slowly. She tells him that he suffered, that from what she can figure, he suffered the hum die, the worst of all Egyptian curses. Wow, this is really a well-known thing. For <laughs> something that's fucking terrible. And never been done before. Yeah. For the most, most evil most. of blasphemers. Now, this isn't that well-known, but she prides herself on knowing all there is to know about Egyptian history, so this seems something that she would know. She all of Egyptian is, history is a lot of stuff. She's an expert. That's the oh. whole point of her character, is that she is an expert. She's like, it's got to be the Humdai. She wow, has spent her right whole life learning and... Alright, so Humdai is like, what's just below that? <laughs> Did they ever use that? Oh. I mean, do they have like stoning, whipping, Humdai! Seems like a big jump. <laughs> There should, be, there should be levels between that. I'm sure there are many levels and many different types of So curses. then she goes right to Humdai? No, but she says from what she can tell, he suffered the Humdai based on all that they have found out so far. Mm. And she's never actually heard of it being performed because they never used it because they feared it. If the victim of the Humdai was to arise, he would bring with him all the ten plagues of Egypt. But if they never use it, how do they know? Because it's something that they recorded... Something they wrote down. So that they didn't it, write down how to do it, but they wrote down it's what on the it was. internet. It's got to be true. <laughs> well, much like people scare their children with the boogeyman under the bed, maybe this was one of those things. I mean, that Baba Yaga's real. Oh goodness, it's a movie. Oh, but maybe this is a scary story that you know that kids get threatened with. If you don't behave, then we'll then <laughs> you don't get your die. vegetables. You'll get You're the home value. <laughs> That seems a bit excessive. Well, they eat them damn vegetables, though. <laughs> if you don't act right, I'm or, or one of those ghost stories they scare, they share around the campfire to scare each other. <laughs> that the hum da, the the curse of the hum die, you know. They basically had this curse that was really fucked up. They're like, we're using this shit on somebody <laughs> someday, and then he fucked up. I'm like, oh, let's do this. They killed the pharaoh. But uh, later that night, E.B. steals the the Book of the Dead from Dr. Chamberlain while he's sleeping, takes the key from Sleeping Jonathan, and opens the book. Rick is watching and asks her why it's not made of gold, and she tells him that this is a different book. This is the Book of the Dead. 
And then he's like, do you really think you should be doing that? And she says, it's just a book. No harm ever came from reading a book. And that is completely not true. Plenty of harm has come from people reading books. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So don't read books, guys, at home. No, no. But not only does re- Evie read it, she reads it aloud in ancient Egyptian. She doesn't translate it into English. She just reads it, which resurrects or awakens Imhotep the mummy and also wakes up the whole camp just by the feel of this great e- impending doom, maybe? They brought in a linguist. I read this in the But trailer. Dr. Chamberlain, who is and she's trying to me portrayed mm-hmm. not as smart as Evie, immediately wakes up and shouts, you must not read from the book. They brought in a linguist, you this said? This is the book he wanted. So he yeah. knows more about this book than she does. She's an expert. Perhaps. Yeah, but she wants the book of the living or whatever the other one is. Well, <laughs> but maybe he did too... Because he was also digging at the base of Anubis, which, according to Bembridge scholars, that is where the book of Amun-Ra is buried. He just knows enough to recognize it as not the book they were looking for. Mm. But he's excited that it's the book of the dead. But there's a great thundering and a swarm of locusts appear. So they all take shelter inside. Mr. Burns loses his glasses as they're running. And Benny steps on them and breaks them. Schmuck. As he wanders around blind, he runs into Emotep, who takes his eyes and his tongue. Then, a, as Evie, Rick, and John are running, there's a disruption of sand and outbursts a whole horde of scarabs, which chase after them. They jump onto ledges off the path to get away from the scarabs, And Evie falls through a secret passage. She finds the mutilated Mr. Burns and then sees the fucking mummy and freaks out. He calls her Anaxuna Moon. Which I thought was funny because I hadn't seen this in so long. I was like, so does he think that's her because he can't see? Because he took what's-his-name's eyes that are farsighted? (laughs) (laughs) Because in the next movie, we find out that that's not an Oxana Moon reincarnated. That's the Pharaoh's daughter. Hmm. Nefertiti. Thank you. I forgot her name. (laughs) So why would he call her an Oxana Moon? But he saw a woman. You can't see. But maybe he just... Is she John Cena? (laughs) Maybe he just saw her. And, I mean, he's been dead for a long time. Maybe he forgot what an Oxana Moon looks like. Saw a pretty girl, and it made him think of an Oxana Moon. And, um... But the guys run into the room yelling, let's get the fuck out of here. Rick turns, sees the mummy, and is like, holy shit. He said shit shoots and him, Shoots him, and then they run away. And bitch. They'll run outside, <laughs> straight into who? The Magi. He's like, mm-hmm. they have, better and better. <laughs> they have Dr. Chamberlain and the book in custody. And they're in all, custody. <laughs> look what you motherfuckers did. We told you you had to leave. And now you have unleashed a great evil upon the world. They don't take the book. They don't even take these guys captive or kill them. They say, get the fuck out of here. We got to go hunt this beast. And Rick's like, I got it. It's already dead. I shot it. It's fine. And they're like, that's not going to kill anything. And he's like, no, no. I got it. I shot him right in the face. They're like, mortal weapons. But our death is like, you did not. (laughs) Now get out of here while we try to find a way to stop it. Benny is still inside. He's got separated from the group. And he runs into Emotep at the base of Anubis. 
And Benny starts to pray in many different languages. Well, no, he's just using any religious idol he can, hoping this is the one that this mummy will be behind. He's got, like, all the different he's, religious charms around his mm-hmm. neck. He starts to pray in many different languages. And when he gets the Star of David and he prays in Hebrew, Imhotep recognizes that as the language of the slaves and starts to talk to Benny and tells him he could be useful and asks him where all the jars are. And everybody heads back to Cairo at this point. Rick and Evie have a fight because she thinks they have to stay here and help stop Emotep because they unleashed him. And Rick is like, first of all, what's this wee stuff? Second of all, we're getting out of here. Because you read from the book. <laughs> you read the book. I told you that was a bad idea. You didn't listen to me. My job was to take you out and bring you back. I did that. I'm getting out of Dodge and you should come with me. And she said, I'm not going with you. And then he's like, fine, and storms off. Down in the bar... They're all drinking because this is the time to fucking get drunk. <laughs> Upstairs, you, see mommy, you need some Glen Lip. Yeah. <laughs> Upstairs, Benny is back in town, and he brings Emotep to Mister Burns. He's got electric boots. <laughs> Mister and a mohair suit. Prince Emotep, thanks you for your hospitality and for your eyes and for your tongue, but unfortunately, more will be required. And Emotep. Um, Sucks the life out of it. Yeah. No, takes his steam. Desiccates it. Well, he takes more than his steam. He takes all his liquid. Well, that he takes it as steam. I think he takes it as liquid. Ooh, I don't want to picture it. <laughs> all right. Let's just agree to disagree. The, the temperature of, of the way, substance would have dictated its, its so matter state if it was going to be steam the, or liquid, or maybe it was cold out and he ate him. He sucks all the juices out like a spider does. And then um, it was plasma. He took all the plasma out. Back down at the bar, the Americans and O'Connell are talking, but the next boat doesn't leave till tomorrow, so they all have to stay another night. And they're all drinking, and all of a sudden they spit out all their. Everyone in the bar spits out all their booze because all of the liquids have turned into blood. Mm. And Rick says he's it's here. The vampire in the corner going. Mm. Rick goes to get Evie. I mean, bleh. and as it starts to rain down sulfur. And uh, they find Mr. Burns' desiccated corpse, and they see the mummy rege- as he regenerates partially. Um, he hits on Evie because he's going to turn her into his Anaxana moon, but then he ends up getting scared by a cat. Mm-hmm. So they're like, holy shit, which, what the motherfuck is going on? Which shows you how evil cats are that even undead mummy demons are like, shit, cat! Um, they go, they're, they're like, I don't know what's going on, but we need more info. And Evie says, I know who's going to know. The man that knows more about anything than anything, we're going to go see Dr. Bay, my boss. They go to the museum. Turns out, he's a fucking magi. Mm-hmm. And he's either. meeting with Ardeth. Ardreth. Ardreth? I don't know. The, our Head buddy. magi. And, uh... He tells that he reveals that it's the Magi's mission to guard Emotep from discovery and keep him from being resurrected. And if he does, then they have to kill him. And oh, Evie, <laughs> well, Evie tells him that uh, Emotep called her Anaxunamun, and they tell her about how he was cursed because of his love for Anaxunamun, and that it appears once again he's trying to raise her from the dead, and that he's already chosen his human sacrifice. Old Evie. Mm-hmm. Jonathan says, bad luck, old mum. 
And he's very upset his sister's about to be killed. Yeah. The group discusses exactly who opened the chest because he needs to kill these people to fully regenerate and gain all of his otherworldly powers. Henderson and Daniel say it was just them with Burns, who's already dead, Doctor and Dr. Chamberlain. And um, Rick asked if Benny was in the room, and they said, no, he skedaddled before they opened it. Okay, so they go back Nobody to the hotel. Says. Nobody says, let's get rid of these guys. <laughs> <laughs> They're back at the hotel, and Rick locks up Evie, and because they need to go find the doctor, but they need to keep Evie safe because Emotep's going to be looking for her. And Evie's like, I want to go hunt the, the doctor down too. And the Americans are like, look, we don't need to go look for anybody. We're safe here. Because why would they be safe? Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> but Rick locks her up and sets Henderson and Daniels to guard her while he and Jonathan go get the Egyptologist. I don't know that Jonathan would be my battle buddy. That's number one. Number two... You just left three of the four things that he's hunting in one spot. <laughs> I was like, why? Why did he do that? Well, uh, Rick and Jonathan find Benny. Um, he is looting or searching through Dr. Chamberlain's room trying to find the book. And Rick wants to know how he got there and... Uh, Automatically assumes that he has come back for the desert with a new friend and wants to know why he's helping Emochep. And Benny says it's better to be the right hand of the devil than to be on the losing side. Mm -hmm. And they beat him up and interrogate him. And we find out that Emochep needs the book to resurrect his lost love, Anaxuna Moon. They then see that Emochep has found the doctor and the book. The doctor. Mm -hmm. He eats the doctor and sends a plague of flies at them. What an asshole. Um, Emotep then arrives at the hotel. Because there's no rush. <laughs> and he's <laughs> like, I can wait a thousand years to do this. Yeah, I got time. <laughs> Otherwise, I might say, I wouldn't want to go one he's second one without you. <laughs> you see, it's been 3,000 years. He's got time. <laughs> I don't want... It's been 3,000 years. And I Once understand Emotep's love for Inoxuna Moon. That's the kind of obsessive love I have for you. Oh, Carl, would you suck off all these dudes to get this? That's what he has to do. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, listener, the answer is no. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> All right. Okay. Elaine left the room. She's like, fuck this. I'm bringing it back. All right. So, Emotep goes to the hotel. <laughs> That's a bad joke. Why would you say some shit and like that? He gets Henderson. <laughs> then. He apparently, he must have checked the door and found it was locked and he doesn't understand how to open yeah, doors. doors just kick so it he, open. <laughs> he turns himself into sand and pours himself but through the have, lock. But they have locks because <laughs> they locked the book. He That's sees... Yeah, he's not in the, the tomb. And everything is locked. Yeah. And he's suddenly Look, like, fuck he it. He comes from an era 
where it was not as easy to break through locks. <laughs> well, locks back then. Well, the he had to have that fancy key to but get into the all of his stuff, but he could have just kicked the door and it would have broken. To be fair, though, he doesn't know where the key is, and apparently they have one key in Egypt. Because <laughs> that key opens the fucking tomb, it opens the book, it opens but the other book. It opens he controls mummies, and all they need is a skeleton key. Oh. Oh. Anyways, cha-cha-cha. so he pours, he turns himself into sand, pours himself through the lock. Um... He sees Evie sleeping and kisses her. Gross. Because... If she's asleep, that means no. It's also gross because he's only mostly regenerated. And the part that kisses her is like his undead mouth. Yeah. Icky. And um, it wakes her up. Well, there's multiple layers of ick here. (laughs) Also, he was juicy. Probably something else. It was 1926. I, I mean, maybe breath. he doesn't. It's mommy breath. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's just mm-hmm. old and dusty. <laughs> Let's not worry about um, that. Rick arrives and saves Evie by scaring off Emotep with the cat. He says, hey, back up off my Kool-Aid. And yeah. then they all go... I have cats around me for the rest of my life. Yeah. And then... Wow, well, I didn't know you were a cat lady. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mummies are a thing. They don't like cats. My herd of cats. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go kill this Emotep. Evie, Rick... Jonathan and Daniels, the only one left, all go to museum. Back to the museum. Evie says that she realizes that the black book was at the Book of the Dead was um, if the black blah 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 blah. blah. Rewind. Uh Evie has realized that if the black book of the dead brings people back to life, then perhaps the gold book of Amun-Ra will take it away. And that is what they can use to defeat him. So they go back to the museum to reread the, what looks like the Rosetta Stone. We don't know. Whatever piece of hieroglyphs that had been previously translated, the scholars got it wrong. They thought if the black book was, if the gold book was supposed to be at Anubis, the feet of Anubis, but the black book was, wherever they thought the black book of the dead was, must be where the gold book of Amun-Ra is. That makes sense. So Evie is trying to retranslate this and find out where it's really located. When we get a scene of the outside, there is now a mob covered in boils and sores, and they've all become Emotep's slaves. Mm -hmm. They don't say how he controls everyone. Just that he does. Not through the Beatles. I don't remember. Were <laughs> Rolling Stones? You didn't suck them off. I don't remember any of the ten plagues where it was, and I will control you and turn you all into slaves, but whatever. <laughs> um, but they're all chanting Emotep's name. Where are the frogs? And they are coming to hunt. I want to see him rain down frogs. And they're coming to hunt our intrepid explorers. Evie figures this out. Figures out where the gold book is it's at the base of the statue of Horus and Jonathan goes to get the car they he has to pretend to be one of the slaves to get past them Which and is he gets quick 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 thinking and they get into the car and everybody piles in including Dr. Bay and the head of the Magi. And they drive through the city. Um, There is a 
The mobs keep trying to attack the car as they're driving through the city. A bunch of them jump on. There's a fight, and they manage to rip Daniels out of the car, and Emotep gets him. Now, Emotep is fully regenerated. And Emotep doesn't go, holy shit, a car? <laughs> that would have been cool. I mean, No, he would say, holy shit, what is that? Yeah. He looks like a chariot. With but horses. <laughs> or he, he doesn't care. He's very focused. He Apparently. also... He doesn't care how they're getting around because he travels by sand spout. Sand Um, The car ends up crashing and they're surrounded. Emotep arrives. They see that he's fully regenerated and he's come for Evie. He tells them that he will spare her friends if she takes his hand. Benny translates this for her for everybody. And she's like, (laughs) you are translating that wrong. You fucking idiot. But... She tells them he still has to go to Hamanoptera to perform the ritual. And if he turns me into a mummy, I'm coming back for you. Come get me. Mm -hmm. So "Mm." she says, live today, fight tomorrow. And she goes off with Emotep. And of course he lied. And as soon as he gets her, he tells the minions to kill them. And he leaves. He said, I won't kill them. He didn't say nothing about them. (laughs) It's like, you know what? I'm not going to kill you. Tony, kill this motherfucker. But uh, he leaves with Evie and Benny. And the um, brainwashed Egyptians attack them. Uh, Rick sees a sewer cover, takes it off, and they're going to escape through the sewers. And Dr. Bay says, go ahead, I'll cover you. Pulls out his sword, and he holds off the mob while they escape. So the next day, Rick and their crew and the rescue crew, which now is just him and John, him, Jonathan and Ardeth, the Magi, they go to see Winston. Now, Winston has up to this point just been kind of a tertiary object. Mm -hmm. He is a retired member of the Royal Air Force. From the Great War. From World War One. They called it the Great War in the movie. He's sad because all of his friends are died and they all got to die and in glory. Great glory and stuff and he just survived and, and he's an old drunk. Yeah. But he's a pilot and he has a plane and they ask him the to flying Dutchman. To, to help him to help them rescue a girl and defeat a great evil and he's like, Is there a chance we're gonna die? And Jonathan's like, Well everybody else we've met has died, I don't see why you wouldn't and he's <laughs> like, Great, sounds like a good time. Quad armor. This is exactly what I want. To go out in a blaze of glory. So he agrees to fly them to Hamanoptra. So uh, as the plane is flying, we see a sand spout. And Winston tells O'Connell that he has never seen one that big. And just at this moment, it dissipates. And it spits out Evie (laughs) and Benny. And it turns out that this sand spout is Emotep. Meanwhile, uh, our death and... Jonathan are strapped. are strapped to the wings of this plane. <laughs> and Ardeth seems like he's he having the awesome. time of his life. And Jonathan <laughs> looks like he's glad he wore the brown pants. <laughs> um, but uh, Emotep sees the plane and sees that they have followed him. And he uses his powers to call a great wall of sand to attack the plane. And they shoot at it. He uses... Well, I mean, his face appears in the wall of sand and starts to eat the plane. And Evie kisses him to distract him, which causes the wall of sand to collapse. Because if some woman sexually assaults you, you would be taken unprepared. I mean, it's been 2,000 years. 
Mm-hmm. And he doesn't actually seem into it. He just seems kind of surprised. I don't think that's sexual I assault. I think it was like to break his concentration. Oh, she obviously. She could tell he had to concentrate and this was a way to break it. But obviously, I was just, to be fair, when you're kissed, when someone kisses you and you don't ask for it. That's true. He doesn't really want her. He wants to sacrifice her so that Anaxuna Moon can live. That's true. He's very devoted to his true love. Very devoted. He's hopelessly devoted. But anyways. Thanks, Sandy. <clears throat> He distracts him, but it's too late. The airplane crashes, and he's satisfied that they're not being followed. Benny has a great line here. He says, I love the whole sand wall trick. It was beautiful, you bastard. It's just such a good line. Um, So the plane crashes. Rick and Jonathan and Ardeth are fine, but Winston appears to have died. But he's smiling. He's he died with a smile on his face. Did he have a heart attack? Was it the crash that killed him? We'll never know because all of a sudden the plane starts to sink. It's quicksand. Sure. And he is buried in the sand. A hero's death. And then the boys go off into Hamanoptera to find the book and save the girl. So they... Imhotep and Benny and Evie go start to go into the resurrection chamber, I guess. Mm-hmm. And Evie warns um, Benny that slimy little guys like him always get their com- comeuppance in the end. And he's like, really? She's like, always. always. Some, for some reason, um, our heroes encounter some sort of haven that they have to dig through. Which Jonathan decides to supervise annoyingly. Mm-hmm. And they're like, do you want to help? And he's like, no, no, you got this. But it happens to be right near one of these um, carvings covered in blue gold scarabs. So Jonathan does what Hassan does and starts to pry one out. But it hatches and it attacks him. Mm-hmm. Um, we see it crawling under his skin and Rick cuts it out and then shoots it. <laughs> the gunshot alerts Imhotep that they are there. So then he awakens his priests and sends them to kill him. So Rick and crew are traveling through the city and they find the treasure chamber, which is bajillion times bigger than the one in National Treasure. <laughs> it's pretty fucking rad. Hello, gold. Can you find that much gold? What does that do to the price of gold? Because now it's not as rare. Did the price go down? You're like, oh, look, I found all this gold. Yeah, but it's really not worth that much. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure it does go down a little bit, but not that much. It's For this stuff, it's not only that it's gold, it's what it is. Yeah. Yes. It's a 3,000-year-old statue of Anubis. Yeah. <sighs> that can be made out of cheese. If you're, well, that'd be pretty funky, but it'd be worth quite a bit. <laughs> I don't think it would still be a lot. It would still be there if it was made out of cheese. That's probably true. I'm sure the scarabs would have eaten it, even if they are supernatural scarabs. Uh, let's say it's made of uh, clay. Okay. Still worth quite a bit. You found it in a mummy tomb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what's made of clay? Ming vases. Most stuff's made of clay. Anyways. So the pyramids were made of clay. Limestone. From um, a giant quarry. In that the was... I was kind of making a, a joke oh. more about it. Not necessarily a joke, but alluding to the fact that the Hebrew slaves made bricks for the Egyptians. Is one of, never mind. Moses, Ten Commandments, whatever. Um, so they walk through the treasure ca- chamber. And they are all of a sudden attacked by mummies. 
mummies. Who are these guys? Mm -hmm. And Ardeth is like, it's Emotep's priests. And these guys aren't fucking around, as they say. These guys got gumption. So let me get something straight. These guys were priests. So their entire life, they were priests. They were devoted to Emotep. When learn how to be such badasses? Well, we don't. We don't know. What we maybe that was part of their training. Oh. We don't know what kind of training priests got back in ancient Egypt, and we don't know what god they were priests of. Could have been like priests of the god of war, and they're like, you must learn how to kill a motherfucker. Maybe. We don't know. <laughs> All right, that checks out. I mean, we just don't know. Um, Benny followed the mummies, and he sees all the gold, and he is like, oh, hell, it's treasure time. Mm-hmm. We see, we flash back to Evie and Emotep, and she's been chained down next to the corpse of an Aksuna moon. Where did he find her body? Was it here the whole time? Mm-hmm. Did they just like, leave her? Why would you put her here? <laughs> Here's my question. She should be in that crazy Why chamber would... from the other mummy movie with Tom Cruise. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Um, She's so just they... a chick. Yeah, so they killed him and mummified him as torture. But if you don't mummify a body in 3,000 years, it's going to just go away. It's going to become dust. So they wouldn't have mummified her or anything. They just would have been like, all right, yeah, we'll kill her. All right, she dead? Good. Put her in the pile. She killed herself. <laughs> well. Exactly. They wouldn't have mummified her. They would have mummified her and put her with Set. But Why would they have mummified her? We didn't... You only mummify someone if you want to preserve them. They didn't want to preserve her. She's on the shit list of the Pharaoh. Maybe they preserved her so that she could be the serve the Pharaoh in the afterlife. I don't think he wants her anymore. Maybe he does. Because the last thing he said was, I'm done with you. Maybe he would like to torture her for all eternity. Damn. I don't think it works like that. See, there we go. You know what? I'm making shit works. up again. We don't know how it works. No, I'm pretty sure and that she not... might have got that, that, that torture that was just under Hamda. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> got the 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 the, the, the dumb die. die, the dumb die, or the who die, or the Qing die. No, don't fuck with Qing die. He's he's the first sovereign emperor of China. Anyways, we should watch Big Trouble in Little China. Mm. Okay, we should do it for the podcast. Oh, good okay, idea. been there. Anyways, we should do it again. <laughs> see, if, is, see if you still like it. Evie is chained to a rock next to a de- a, a gross. Mummy. Well, not gross, but still mummy. It's a mummy. She's not juicy. They put a grenade (sighs) in her head. And then we flash back to the boys. They found Horus. They have um, run into this chamber, found Horus, and um, Rick uses some dynamite he has to close the door so that the mummy priest can't get in behind them. And they start digging for um, the Book of the Amara. Benny, we flash to Benny, who's loading down a camel with gold. And then instead of leaving, decides, you know what? I got time for another load. Hey, welcome and back goes to the back podcast in. Raw from um, Stargate. They found the book. And as they find the book, more mummies appear from a different direction. Uh-huh. Where the fuck these guys come from? Ardeth tells them that he'll hold them off, go save the, gir- the girl, and kill the creature. O'Connell grabs another stick of dynamite, makes a new door, and him and Jonathan beat feet. <laughs> beat feet. Emotep brings Anaxunamun's soul back and awakens her into a mummy. But only for a second. But he, in order to give her, to bring her fully back, he's got to sacrifice Evie. And, but before he can do that, the boys interrupt with the book. And he's, and um, Emotep's like, the book of Amun-Ra. It's like, 
F this lady, I'm going to get the book. Jonathan tells Because he was all about this lady the entire movie, and he's like, a book. Yeah, I can't get that later. Well, he definitely needs that because he knows they can kill him with it. Mm. Um, plus, he's got all the time in the world, I guess. He doesn't want to hum die. He'd be hum dead. Jonathan has the book, but he tells Evie he needs the key, and Evie tells him that the key is in Emotep's robes. It's nice that they make all these sacred books with the same key. Yeah. Yeah, you'd think that they would change the key up a little bit. It would have been a lot harder to get all this done if there were different keys for all the stuff. As Emotep goes... one key for everything. So it kind of defeats the purpose of having a key. (laughs) As Emotep goes for the book and Jonathan... Rick comes from the other direction, grabs a sword, and starts to kick mummy ass and free Evie. This is a gold sword, which is a really bad We don't know it's made of gold. It's a it's the color of gold in there, <laughs> you would assume. But that's a really don't ever make a, a sword out of gold. It will bend. Yeah. It won't stay sharp Luckily, very long. Luckily he's only fighting the undead. And yeah. they're very brittle. But we're all buried alive, so they're kinda juicy. <laughs> none of, uh, actually none of they're them are juicy. juicy they're all dusty and brittle I was making but, a joke but, but they were all it was alive too it wasn't funny <laughs> I, I give her like a six eh, it's whatever anyway <laughs> she's like eight better than average but Jonathan says there's this inscription on the front of the book and he reads it and it awakens the king's guards these are the guys that oh you're no talking these are the guys yeah. around they crawl on the fucking walls. Yeah, these guys are fucking <laughs> crazy. <laughs> because they are undead. So wait a minute, aren't these guys magi? Because they are undead, oh. Emotep controls them. He's and Evie tells Jonathan that if he finishes the inscription, then he will have control of them. And then Anaxuna Moon's uh, mummy attacks Evie to try to finish the ritual so that she can stop being a gross corpse. And become a beautiful woman again. Uh, Rick fights the king's guards. And Jonathan needs help finishing the inscription because there's a hieroglyph he doesn't recognize. It's a bird. It's a stork. Evie f- is able to shout out that it's a Maleficent, And Jonathan finishes the inscription just in, ti- just in time to save Rick from being killed by the guards. And then Jonathan commands them to kill Anaxuna Moon. And Emotep is like, you fucking bastard. I have had to resurrect her twice. You know, this isn't easy. And goes for Jonathan. Evidently, it's getting easier for him. Yeah, and like, he's, don't stab the mummy. It'll die. He's going to kill... <laughs> he's going to kill Jonathan for killing Anaxuna Moon. But she's already dead. He starts to one-arm choke him, which is like the least efficient way to kill somebody. And Rick it depends com- how strong you are. Rick comes up and chops off his arm before he can kill him. I know. And he looks at him like, you motherfucker. <laughs> and then... Uh, he puts his arm back on. Jonathan was able to pick Imhotep's pocket while he was being murdered, and he's got the key. So they t- so Rick fights Imhotep to distract, distract him because at this point, Imhotep is sick and tired of Rick's shit. While so, Evie yeah. and Jonathan go you through the book him. and find the proper incantation, incantation, which Evie does, she reads it out loud, and then we see a ghost chariot arrive and steals Emotep's immorta- immortality. His immortality. And Rick's like, he's not fucking dead yet. I thought you said it would kill him. And as he says this, 
Emotep's coming to attack him and Rick impales him on a sword and Evie says he's mortal now and then we see that this has dealt him a mortal wound. You just murdered another guy and he's like, eh. <laughs> and Emotep staggers back into this pool of dead. souls. It's the dead pool. Yes. <laughs> And as he sinks down and is covered by the other souls of the dead, he says death is only a beginning. And he starts to burn, and then his thumb comes up at the end. No. I don't know why you cry. But there's something I can never do. Unless there's snakes facing each other. And then we flash to Benny, who's again, has got another load of gold, but it's awful heavy. So he leans against the wall and hangs the saddlebags on this um, self-destruct, self-destruct lever on a eagle's head for a moment, which sets off a trap, and you hear, Thank which you for causes the, self-destruct button. the whole city to sink into the sand. Why would you build a self-destruct button? So they're like... For the city. Why not? Because, did you watch Spaceballs? Because I can because I can. Really? Why wouldn't I? Because it's a bad idea. Where's the self-destruct button in the house? We don't have one. Why? Bad idea. Because what if you just put something down and there's nothing protecting the self-destruct button? Someone could walk but over. Oh, I tripped over and fell on the destruct button. But what if I, what if I curse somebody with the home die and they oh, the- get accidentally resurrected and I need the city to collapse on them so I can escape? They have the home die. They're immortal. They're just going to dig out. It may take a while, but they're not going to die. They'll just start digging. But maybe it would kill somebody who was resurrected with a lesser curse. We're not worried about them. We have a humdai guy. Anyways. We have a humdai guy. Yeah, I got a humdai. You have a humdai guy? Can I finish the movie? Yeah. Anyways, uh, so the city starts to collapse. Chain doors start to close. They, uh, Jonathan, Evie, and um, Rick are running through. They run through the... Tr- um, they have to drag Evie away from the book, and they're like, leave it. It's not worth your life. Then they run through the treasure room, and they have to drag Jonathan away from the treasure. Leave it. It's not worth your life. Benny comes up behind him. They try to save Benny, but the ceiling goes down, and Benny gets trapped in the treasure room. And <laughs> he stops and goes, bye, Benny. <laughs> and, uh, you know, little guys like him always get their comeuppance in the end. And then we see a shit ton of scarab beetles come and Where surround. Where the fuck did these things come from? And surround Benny. But they're kept away by the fire from the torch. But then the torch goes out and Benny is eaten. If there is that many fucking beetles in this place, Jesus. Well, they are supernatural beetles. Maybe that's why you have to rig your city to collapse. Just in case (laughs) your supernatural scare. Your immortal beetles need to be buried because they can't get out. I mean, maybe. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rick, Jonathan, and Evie make it out just in time to see the whole city... Destroyed and buried in the sand. And then our death scares the shit out of them by showing up alive and on a camel. Wishes them a very good day. But he's got his hand wrapped. Like and he's got a boo-boo. <laughs> <laughs> now he didn't get out of there unscathed. He got a scratch. He got a little scratch. Uh, I hope he doesn't get mummy wrapped. Mm. And then uh, he, yeah. <laughs> he says, good job. I'll fight demons with you any day and rides off. And then uh, Rick and Evie kiss. Because obviously it's true love. They climb on their camels and they ride away. Thank goodness we see a little flash of gold in Rick's saddlebags. They picked Benny's camel. Mm -hmm. The end. Carly, what did you think? Wow. My favorite character was Evie. Mm -hmm. My least favorite character was Benny. 
Mm-hmm. I kind of wanted him to get killed throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My favorite line was, Mr. O'Connell, can you look me in the eye and guarantee me that this isn't all some kind of flim flam? <laughs> Anytime someone gets to use the word flim flam is a good time. I love it. When she said it, I was like, that's going to be my favorite line. And there were, uh, there were lots of good lines. Mm-hmm. But I just, I never got past my blue line. My favorite scene was the boat. All the stuff that happens on the boat. And my favorite tertiary object, I put the sickles, because you don't see a lot of those. <laughs> and when the, when the guard dudes popped up and they had sickles, I thought it was cool. And mm-hmm. I'll give it a yay. All right. It's of course a fun movie. It's a fun movie. Mm-hmm. Tony? My favorite characters are O'Connell, Ardeth, and Emotep. Mm-hmm. Character. Oh. Um, it's okay. It's a three-way tie. My least favorite character is Benny mm-hmm. and the Jets. Mm-hmm. My least favorite line, my favorite line is, you were actually at Hermanatra? Hermanatra? Yeah, I was there. You swear? Every damn day. That was my favorite <laughs> line, too. Sorry. Mm-hmm. It's all right. My favorite scene is when the tomb guard uh, killed the queen. But another another scene I liked a lot is when the tomb guard or whatever you want to call them mm-hmm. are coming in the one side, and our death is like, "You guys run! I'll take care of them." And next time you watch it, he charges the guard with this hammer or something, and he hits one, and it screams because <laughs> ah! he hits the shit out of it. I thought that was hilarious. I didn't notice that. Um, my favorite trash object is the Book of the Dead. Um, this movie's silly, and I love it. So yeah, yeah. John. Well, my favorite character is Evie. Mm-hmm. My least favorite character is Jonathan. Really? Yeah, he's. I love Jonathan. I he's had written him and I crossed him out because I, I decided to go with Benny. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I, I hated him, him at first, but then I'm like, mm. I find no, him quite enjoyable. He's a terrible person, and he's okay. He's old. He's the exact opposite of his sister. She's okay. useful mm-hmm. and smart and all that. And he's the exact. He's a mm-hmm. fuck up. Okay. Yeah. Um, what else we got to do? My favorite line. Mm-hmm. It's Tony Stoll, so I will go with my old backup. Looks like we're the one with the horses. Benny, you look like you're on the wrong side of the river. Because mm-hmm. that's just fun to say. Mm-hmm. Popular meme. Yeah, my favorite um, scene. You know, I'm gonna. I was gonna say the stuff on the boat, but I'm gonna go with when um, O'Connell is fighting the mummies. And he's trying to reach a sword and can't. So the mummy hand walks over oh, and yeah. grabs the sword. So he grabs the mummy hand grabbing the sword. And he fights <laughs> the mummies grabbing the mummy hand with the mummy sword. Mm-hmm. It's a good part. Mm-hmm. And you know what? My favorite tertiary object is going to be the treasure room. Okay. Because money. Okay. And I see you got your hand over by the yay. You may want to move that over a little bit. <laughs> just, 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 no, a little bit more. Just a sliver. Just, just a sliver. A little bit. No, too far. Too far. Back over. Back. To no, May? <laughs> Because it goes yay, nay, then maybe. I'm aware. No, I, I like that you can yay it. I know you do. <laughs> I was going to watch the sequel. <laughs> I know. I wanted to watch we, it too after watching this. I was like, I should probably just pop in because she had to watch my movie for the other one. I was like, I've already done it. So I was going to watch the sequel, but she said she might do it during. Okay. Maybe. So Not like, anytime I, soon. So I guess I'll wait. Because my next pick is Carla's birthday pick, anyways. Whoa. Yeah. Spoilers. Then we're going to the summer birthday picks. The summer of birthdays. You're up. Okay, so yay for me. Good. My favorite character is Rick. My least favorite character is Benny, even though I don't dislike Benny. I kind of like them all. I feel like they're all 
They're all good. They're all... I like that Rick tried to save Benny at the end when he was yeah. dying. He goes, come on, Benny, and he tried to reach his arm, and then he's like, well, yeah, but he sure. he's like, come on. Yeah. But, he, but he did try, and that was kind of cool. My... Get you. My favorite scene is everything from the opening to the end. Oh. But if I have to pick, you have to pick. I like when they. I like the return to Hominoptera. I like when they go get Winston. I like the plane. I like the sand wall. I, I like that return part. My favorite line is. I had a hard time because I like him so much, but I laughed so hard just the way that Brendan Fraser says, "It sounds like bugs." Just, it made me laugh so hard. So that's what I'm going with my favorite line. And my favorite tertiary object is Jonathan's pith helmet that he puts on on the boat right before he jumps off or falls over the side. I just love how he just puts it on and is like, see you later, traps, chaps, and then kind of falls off. Cracks me up. This movie is very good. It's, this is what... You don't really see this kind of lighthearted adventure anymore. You see, like, serious adventures. Or movies that are trying to be lighthearted but aren't... Or trying to be, like, a comedy. But this is just a lighthearted adventure movie. It's a rare movie that pulls it off. And it's just done very well. The cast does a really good job. And it's just it's just fun. And it makes me smile. And I like it. And everybody should watch this movie all the damn time. <laughs> all the damn time. This is good. I give it a yay. All right, Carly. All right, please find us on Facebook.com slash the underappreciated movie podcast, on Twitter at unmovie podcast, on Instagram at unmovie podcast talks, or you can email unmovie podcast at gmail.com. We'd like to hear from you. Do we? Yeah. And we would also like you to tune in next week on the podcast <laughs> for John's pick. Yes, and it's for it's Carly's birthday pick. Um, so I thought about this long and hard and then forgot about it and then thought about it again and forgot about it and I was like what did I pick for Carly's birthday and Lane was like it's confessions of a dangerous mind so welcome back to the podcast Sam Rockwell for 2002's and a lot of other two- people <laughs> so it's 2002 because it came out on December 31st 2002 but we'll go ahead and say 2002 yeah. confessions of a dangerous mind oh yeah alright now let me ask you I found some trivia do you think this movie would have been better or worse with their original pick for Rick, Leonardo DiCaprio. As Rick O'Connor? Yeah. Who wanted to do it, said, yes, I'm in. But I've already signed on to do the beach. Let me see if they'll push the beach. And they were like, no. Then they pushed the beach anyway. So. Oh, the beach is a piece of crap movie, so. <laughs> do you th- yeah, it has nothing to do with I don't this. think he's. He, he's Leonardo DiCaprio. At that time, I don't. This is after Titanic. Even, no, even now. I don't think Leonardo DiCaprio is charming enough for this role. Really? He's a very good actor, but he's not charming. I've never really seen him do humor. No. And and this is kind of, and plus he's not, I don't think he's really like the badass type. Maybe he could pull it off because he's an amazing actor, but I believe uh, O'Connell as a badass, but he was also funny and charming. So you yeah. both say no. Maybe you could pull it off, but I, I, I'd rather, better. I wouldn't change it if you gave me a choice. Would it have been better with you, Carly? I, I don't think it would have been better It would have been a different movie, but it would have probably changed the tone. Yeah. Probably would have been, you know. Plus, he was the kid. He was young Indiana Jones, so that would have been weird. Yeah. I just, you know. <laughs> I don't think that Leonardo DiCaprio is charming. Some actors are really charming, like Tom Cruise or Will Smith. Part of their thing, yeah, they have all this charisma. But Leonardo DiCaprio is not charming. He's 
intense. He's intense and has great range, but you need charm for this. 